What's going on, everybody? Before we jump into the podcast, I do want to remind everybody that during this episode, we do have an interview with powerful, powerful Neil over at Artisans of All as part of our Fabricators of the Heresy series. Uh, that does start at about one hour and 48 minutes into this episode if you are here specifically for that interview. Just a heads up, I appreciate all you listeners out there, and let's get with the show. This is Radio Free Istvan. The following public service announcement is direct from the Praetorian. Do not look directly at the Black God machines. Any dreams of paradise should be duly ignored and combat stims taken immediately. Remember, all defectors will be shot on sight. Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio First Fan listeners, and welcome to episode 154 of the Radio First Fan podcast, a Horse Heresy Wargaming podcast. My name is Michael. I've got my co-host Derek here. Say what's going on, Derek. Hey, how's it going? How's your day? It's going pretty good, man. I am uh, pretty excited for this episode. I there's oh, some me too cool stuff that I want to like I haven't talked to you at all about Battle Sim so like I'm really excited to talk to you about Battle Sim because like I've been avoiding most of it but I heard some good stuff <laughs> yes so uh, we're gonna talk about some uh, some of our let's see here I got my spreadsheet it moved over here uh, definitely we're gonna talk we have some voicemails that we are gonna go over mm. Uh, we're going to go over some hobby progress. We're going to talk about a couple of new releases that came out. Yeah, some stuff came out. And I think we're going to have a pretty in-depth discussion about the uh, the librarians, just like librarians in general. Yeah, what they can do for you. Yeah, because I don't know like anything about librarians. So like when they dropped the librarian model, I was like, eh, I should probably look into what I could actually use that sucker for. Can you put a jump pack on him? Because <laughs> that's a... Uh, oh. oh, yeah. We'll talk about that. What can this nerd do for you? So uh, before we do this, before we get into this interview, um, at the very, I'm sorry, before we get into this podcast, at the very end of this episode, we do have an interview as part of our Fabricators of the Heresy series uh, with powerful Neil over at the Artisans of Vol. Nice. Uh, if you don't know who that is, uh, if you've seen any of the pictures of the beautiful Blood Angels takes Michael's been putting out, they do a lot of the a lot of the stuff he's been putting on those to upgrade them is from Artisans of All for the STLs. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of it Michael has been doing himself, and he's been killing it. I gotta say, but uh, he has been making good use of some of the Artisans of All stuff. I'm super super excited. He was. Uh, so I will tell you guys that uh, if you're like on the fence on whether or not you should try Epic or not. He's going to push you over the edge. Like I don't. He said in the interview, he's like convinced like ten or eleven people to play Epic. And oh, yeah. at one point, we just kind of just like me and him were just talking about Epic. And he's like, man, I should be selling my stuff, not like talk about Epic. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. The people who listen to this podcast, they're going to want to hear this. <laughs> they are here for this conversation. <laughs> yeah, regardless of what it's about. And if not, I am here for this conversation. Please continue. <laughs> just let it happen. Just let it happen. I felt like we were holding hands the whole podcast. It was, <laughs> I, was, I was into it. We, we talked for like an hour and a half after the interview as well. Like oh, it was, you're telling me. Dude, the, the Heresy Epic community has been, like, nonstop this whole time, especially since 3D printing, like, popped off. They were just underground, dude. Just underground doing their own thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, even in, like, uh, like Adepticon 2019, 2018, there were people talking about getting into it. And, like, 
Like I remember when uh, Tim and Michael, when they came down for Stiff and then going up to Adepticon, you show them like stuff you've been three D printing, and they're like, "What?" Yeah, for the the Bastion, I remember the ba- the ba- I still have that picture of that little line that uh, <laughs> fluoret or clear green Bastion, like one sixth scale. Yeah, so nice. Uh, speaking of fabricators of the heresy, I do want to remind you guys all from episode one fifty three. Uh, we did have an interview with uh, BB Miniatures, uh, powerful Brandon over there. Uh, he has the Pro Palette uh, painting class, and uh, he did offer a 50% off coupon for your first month using discount code TURNINGPROFI. Love it. So, so Thanks, I, Brandon. That rules. I'm actually in that Discord as well because, you know, I'm taking his classes and I just see like... You just look at your mutual discords with people? Yeah, I just see people <laughs> coming in like, oh, nice, nice. I saw a, a locker go in there. I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, he's been doing it. I was like, locker's here. Hey. Yeah, yeah, he's been getting in that. And he, I was talking to him about it. He's like, yeah. I, I was like, oh, did you get the discount code? He's like, I'm already in it. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a beautiful time. I was like, I'm not, I'm not salty. It's worth it. Yeah. So go check that out, guys, uh, especially if you're trying to up your level in painting. Uh, he's one of the guys I'm using right now. Uh, excellent, excellent guy. And, and so sweet, so cool sweet dude. voice. Did you listen to the interview, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, the sweetest guy. So kind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't put it together until I listened to the interview that uh, that was Brennan from the Spire that they talk about on Boys of the Golden Throne. Yeah, exactly. And was in the uh, Heresy for DMD event uh, with... Uh, <laughs> Where where John and AJ just got absolutely trashed, absolutely blasted, just just out of their minds on whiskey, and just like passed out on stream. Do you remember that like that when that happened? The there was that picture floating around of uh, AJ. Yeah, where he just like looks completely out of it with like his headphones hanging off the side of his head. Yeah, did you see what we were doing with that picture <laughs> in the Discord? I, yeah, you, <laughs> you were like AI making it like Marines out of it. Yeah, it was beautiful. AJ, you're great. Uh, they were telling, everybody was talking about putting that picture because basically it made the traps again. Everybody was talking about putting that picture on a t-shirt. And I was like, well, let's, we got AI art now, baby. Yeah, let's, we can do one better. <laughs> we, will, we will AI art uh, a Marine out of this face. It's, I was like, hey, mid-journey, take this face and put it on a Marine. Okay, and, boss. <laughs> it, it, it sure how's, did. How's this? It said, what legion? <laughs> So we have a lot of fun with that, uh, with that mid journey, but he does good. Uh, once again, if you're not in the discord, man, we do a lot of fun stuff in there. It's a, it's a whole community in itself. And if you want to learn how to use the mid journey bot, hop in there. Cause I, I taught a bunch of people this week. I don't know what happened this week, but there's yeah, a lot of people asking. Come on in. So, okay. So let us see here. We've got some voicemails love it so if you are if you are out there and you want to give us a voicemail you can give us a call at 361-265-8658 and it'll go straight to voicemail you can just leave us a message we'll play it live on air uh we do not pre-screen these sometimes we get like a little uh like a little subtitle like uh speech to text we don't really scan it, but sometimes like when we go to pull it up, you can see, oh, a lot of this was filtered out. This one might be a little bit on heavy on the profanity side. Yeah, we try not to screen it at all. So it is what it is. If you uh, if we haven't had to cut anything yet and we've played some <laughs> some harrowing content, <laughs> if we have to come back and edit in some kind of disclaimer. I don't know what we're going to do. Thankfully, we haven't had to do that yet. 
<laughs> uh, if you don't want to leave us a voicemail that way because of, say, international phone calls or things like that, uh, you can reach out to us on Facebook or Discord or anything like that and just record a voice clip and send it to us and we'll make it work. Just reach out. We'll figure out what we got to do. Yeah, we'll make it happen, guys. All right, what we got? All right, you ready for this first one? I hope so. What up, you beautiful, beautiful people, you? I honestly thought the next time that I'd be calling you all was when you talking about how my company accidentally kidnapped somebody in Vegas this year. But now instead I'm calling about brisket. What? Brisket? You know what brisket is. I know you know what brisket is. Corned beef is brined um, brisket. Um, so water, sp- is, uh, spices, sugar, uh, pickling salt, and a container. Hold it for three or four days. Then you have corned beef. That you that you would put into a crock pot with like cabbage, potatoes, some good eating there. Uh, I generally have it probably about once a month in my house. Um, now, if you were to put pepper along the outside of it and then stuck it in a smoker uh, and then smoke it, you would have um, pastrami, which is then would give you Rubens. Um, so yeah, so all of those types of meats are fantastic. Um, yeah, so have a beautiful day. Keep up the fantastic work. Derek, I love you. I miss you. Goodbye. <laughs> I love you too, Jack. I miss you too. So that was clearly powerful Jack over at the Accountability Buddies podcast. Oh, yeah. Love that guy. Love me some Jack. Love all those guys. Those guys are rad. So, okay. So first off, let us touch base at the very beginning of the interview. His company kidnapped a guy from Las Vegas <laughs> is what I just heard. <laughs> It, that, yeah, he thought that's going to be what he called in about. Turns out, no, he had to teach us a little thing about some corned beef brisket. I'm a little bit, I mean, I need to know what happened to this guy that y'all kidnapped from Las Vegas. <laughs> Allegedly kidnapped. Allegedly kidnapped. Uh, yeah, Jack, if you could call back in and tell us what happened there, I would definitely appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, but on the, yeah, we, we need that next week. On the corned beef thing, let yeah. me go ahead and let everybody in on this. So last week I'd mentioned, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was last week. Was that last week I mentioned corned beef or I was it the week before? So. Either way, um, exactly what I thought would happen. I would say, hey, I have this problem. And the community sure as shit told it's me. Like problem. You have an opportunity. <laughs> exactly, dude. I had to make, I don't know if we had the food channel before this week, but we have the food channel in the discord yeah, it was now before this week. It, it was shortly after the Whataburger discussion. Somebody else was talking about something that they were cooking and okay. like, Hey, can we get a food channel? We're like you better believe we can. Well, I a hundred percent got so many ways to handle this corned beef. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make it happen. And so what I ultimately did for everybody interested out there is I took that gelatinous blob of corned beef that was in that bag. Okay. And I put it inside of my crock pot with the packet of seasoning. Even though they said the packet of seasoning is usually gross, I still put it in there because I wasn't going to want to waste it. Uh, with a little bit of beef broth, I put it on high for like, mm, say like six hours. I made some uh, mashed potatoes, some loaded mashed potatoes. We're talking bacon, cheese, all the all the fixings. And uh, pulled that sucker out, get sliced it up, man. It was pretty dang good. Nice. It was like uh, it was like a. I mean, it wasn't like roast because it was like pull apart because I sliced it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I did it right, but either way, man, I was not unhappy with it. The only thing I didn't know what to do was I wasn't sure if I was supposed to keep all of the uh, like the gelatinous blob that sur- surrounds it 
I don't know. I thought I was maybe supposed to put that in the crock pot too. I didn't because it didn't feel right. I, I wouldn't know. That's the kind of thing where uh, I wouldn't want to do that unless I know for sure what I'm doing. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, it was good. I would definitely eat it again. Um. Price-wise, like corned beef is like 20-ish dollars for that flat of it. So, I don't know. Would I do it again? Probably. Um. I think I would like to try the pastrami way. Yeah, smoke it, cover it in pepper and smoke it. And I, I love smoking make stuff. Some, make some homemade Rubens. Yeah, I, yes, 100%. So, Jack, I definitely appreciate you calling in, and I think I'll probably end up doing that. I got to figure out, I got to do an actual like recipe. And what's crazy is normally when I get something weird like this, I'll also go YouTube it and go find a recipe. I went 100% based on community. Like Nice. And like, they're like, hey, Stupid simple, bro. <laughs> Throw in a crock pot. I got one of them. Actually, I need to clean it out now that I think about it. It's a, it actually still might be on warm right now. <laughs> yeah, you put the warm water in there for your, uh, clean the supports off your resin. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. oh okay. God, no. Oh, God. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. A dedicated crock pot for resin cleaning? Interesting. Interesting thought. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. No. Like if you get a new crock pot, then this one gets downgraded to the the resin pot. Yeah, this one's this one's a uh, not this one's in the end of its life for sure. I've been okay. looking at a new crock pot. So well, there you go. That's an interesting thought. I don't know if it gets like too hot, but well, it's got the warm. It's got warm, low, and high. Yeah, warm would probably do it. All right, we'll see. I mean, we're not not now, obviously, but either way, either way, but uh. Definitely uh, appreciate that, Jack. And please, please, please let us know what's going on with that uh, alleged... Uh, this su- suspected missing person that may or may not have been kidnapped by your company. <laughs> this uh, fucky-wucky that, <laughs> that, that happened. Classic sitcom mix-up. Okay. So let's see here what we got. We got another voicemail. And then another one after this. So Nice. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. They're back. What's up, guys? First time calling here. Caller here from uh, the Gulf of, Me- Gulf of Mexico and Alabama. I uh, just want to say uh, glad to see you guys are back on the air. You guys actually got me into the heresy way back in the day, like however many years ago it was, like six or seven years ago. So shout out to you guys for doing that. Been enjoying the game and the podcast ever since. And I got couple so one story an industrial accident story oh my god it's happening it's happening guys <laughs> yes yes or yeah uh, my fiance works at a chemical lab and right before she oh. got hired they were cleaning one of the reactors and they one of the guys, when he was cleaning, uh, wasn't really paying attention. He was, like, singing along or something while he was working. And uh, next thing, one moment, he was cleaning and jamming out, having a good time. And then next thing uh, he knew, uh, there was blood running all the way down the reactor. And he looked down, and half of his foot was gone. <laughs> yeah, that industrial power washer just sliced right through his steel-toed boot. Um, so they had to get him out. And, uh, yeah, 
message there is just pay attention when you're handling powerful machinery and uh, washing equipment, I, I suppose. Uh, not much else to say. Uh, my name, I'm Bruce down from the down from down in Alabama. Uh, happy you guys are back on the air. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. Powerful, powerful Bruce in Alabama, Ooh. man. Alabama, dude. Who who else do we know in Alabama? Uh, Jamie, right? I, I know Jamie was in that area. So we got Jamie. Uh, man, Bruce, we're going to have to talk to see what part of Alabama you are in. We want to be able to hook you up with some cool folks. Because uh, I think at some point I will be in uh, in uh, Tuscaloosa in Birmingham pretty soon. Re- pretty soon, actually. So Yeah, every now and then your work sends you over there. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's pretty interesting. This guy over there. Here's a little. Here's a little story on my end because this is what I know about Alabama. There's a guy over there I work with right now, who uh, uh, he had like open heart surgery. Oh yeah. And uh, he had like really bad cholesterol, just like you know, just not doing great. And after his surgery, he at some point he heard that apples are good for you. Cool. Uh, be, I guess good for your heart or something. Uh, apple a day, you know. He eats a bag of apples a day. <laughs> Oh my god! The bag. <laughs> he eats the full bag of apples a day. This is the man your math homework was about. <laughs> he like, yeah, he eats a full bag of apple a day. And I was like, I was like, that can't be good. And I looked it up. I was like, what? Like, how does like? There's got to be some way, something against you. Apparently, some, some dietary problems you can develop from too much. Yeah, if you eat too many of the seeds, you can kill yourself through. Uh, uh, I don't know. Smashed up apple seeds is like a. Uh, that white powder that they used to send to journalists and stuff. What is that stuff called? Anthrax. Anthrax. Or I believe it's anthrax. Some, some, like anthrax, ricin. There's, there's a couple of the like. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently that's apple seeds, like crushed up apple seeds, like a bunch or something like that. You could poison yourself from eating too many apples. That's something I learned there. Cause I, I, in my man, in my mind, I was like, there's no way that your doctor told you to eat a bag of apples a day. <laughs> no, 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 no. He eat, and I I had to uh, travel around with him for like uh, like two and a half weeks working on his area, and every day he'd have he'd, be, he'd offer me an apple. I'd take one, you know. I knew I was gonna get an apple out of the trip, but I would just watch him. He would never like like the way that a person like chews tobacco. This dude would eat an apple, and just like, hey man, you trying to quit smoking? Is that what the apples are about? He's like, no, I just like apples. He's like, no. He told me he's like, yeah, no, I try and stay healthy, so I just eat apples all day. I'm like, oh. Okay, this, you're going hard on the apple. Yeah. And then and then here's something else funny about this. And I know we're going to get back to the cutoff foot in a second. Uh, he told me, he says, uh, I, see, I'm working on a unit, right? I'm, I'm wiring up this panel, like getting it communicating, all this jazz. And uh, by the way, I'm in the middle of, uh, of the woods in Alabama where there's absolutely no phone service. I have no phone service. Our units don't have phone service. We're setting up these like satellite antennas to get any level of communication out. You're by yourself. If I died out there, you guys are just never heard from me again because nobody would have found us. That's just how real it is. <laughs> like, and so That's how it is sometimes out in the field, you know? So I'm sitting there and he just disappears. He just goes, just leaves. And the way these pads work out, right, is like... It's an oil fill pad in the middle of the woods. And so it is probably like a hundred yard circle and just basically it goes from like dirt to straight up woods. <laughs> like it's like, it's not a, <laughs> like it's a perfect circle where we've cut out a hole in the woods and they spray like 
weed killer and everything, so nothing's allowed to grow just there. Industrial herbicide. Yeah, and so it's like you just have this perfect circle in the middle of woods with a road leading to it, and so it's dirt and then woods, and then sometimes there's a ch- there's like a chain link fence, and sometimes there's a barbed wire fence, and sometimes there's just nothing because you're in the middle of a ranch. So in this case, in this instance, there was nothing, and then I can see everything on the location because it's flat, and then he's just gone. Just trees. This guy I'm with is gone, and I was like, man. And his bag of apples was sitting on the unit. And I was like, this is not good. <laughs> he's, he's not going to be far. Like, I'm going to have to do some paperwork about this. And so uh, I was like, where, like where do you go? And so I go, I kind of walk back to the truck. I see if he's not in, my tr- he's not in his truck. I was like, man, I was like, where do you go? Where do you go? And I'm like, he just disappeared. And finally he comes out of the woods. And he's all, he's all hey, he comes out of the woods. Did you need me for something? I was like, oh, no. I was like, I just wasn't sure where you were. He's like, man, this many apples a day keeps you regular. <laughs> and I, was like, I was like, oh, did you yeah. just? <laughs> yeah. I was like, did you just in the woods right there? And he's like, yeah. I was like, there's a porta potty like right there. He's like, no, I like, porta potty gross. He's like, I prefer the woods. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's, I mean, Hey, there's nothing wrong with, you know, knowing your scene, knowing where you want to be. And he, uh, had his roll of toilet paper. He knew what he's into. He's always about, he came prepared, and, you know? So yeah, well, flow workers do shit in the woods. So either way. So about shooting yourself in the foot with an industrial power washer. Yeah, slicing your foot off. Uh, I guess what's cool about that is he kept going, and then it was like, and it wasn't until the blood that he realized what was going on. It was clean enough that he like didn't feel it. Yeah, it was just a clean slice, and then uh, you know, missing half your foot. I guess that is the cool part about cutting half your foot off with the industrial power washer. Yeah, can they reattach that level of like bone to you? Ooh, I don't know. Cause I know with the, with the extremities, typically they have more nerves. Uh, it gets weird. I wonder if he still has half of his foot missing or if there's like a, uh, like uh, prosthetic or something. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if like, if you if like immediately you grab half of the foot that's in the steel toe boot, threw it nice and then, uh, put it in a cooler and send it with, with him. Would you, would he be okay? God, I hope so. <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. I mean, somebody's going to tell us. Somebody, I somebody mean, will. if they do have to, like, hook him up with a prosthetic, thankfully, like, half your foot, you still retain probably most of your mobility. Your balance might be a little off. I used to work with a guy that worked at uh, one of our plants down here, and he said that they had, like, you know, 11,000 pounds, 50,000 pounds of pressure in some of these vessels that they would work with. And there was one area where they would walk on top of the vessels, and if they had a pinhole leak, it could like chop your foot in half, just like this guy was saying. Yeah, just that small amount of uh, surface area with that high pressure. Yeah, and you wouldn't know. Done. And so what they would do is they would go up there with a broomstick, and they'd wave it back and forth wherever they were walking <laughs> to see if it cut the broomstick in half. Yeah, it's a good way to do it. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, high pressure and uh, it's just not, it's not the vibe, man. <laughs> yeah, have you seen the video? It's like a underwater pipeline, and there's like a small crack, and it just sucks a crab into it. No, <laughs> it's just like underwater pipeline. There's like, I guess a rupture on, along it and a crab is just like scuttling along the pipe and it hits that crack and it just sucks it to the, to the crack. Oh, because the pressure from the, yeah, from the, the ocean differential pressure. Yeah. Oh, okay. and then it just folds the crab in half and pulls it in. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. And then he comes out and like hits a broomstick. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy's like, ah, <laughs> it's gotta go somewhere. <laughs> okay. Yeah, don't mess with pressure. Pressure is uh, bad for you. 
I, 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 I'm so thankful for you, Bruce, for, for starting off. I feel like, well, you too, Jack, Bruce and Jack, both starting off the voicemails. Uh, this could go any, either, any way. Oh, yeah. This is a good day for voicemails. Okay, uh, next voicemail. Let's see what we got here. Ah, fuck. Sorry, I should, shouldn't leave you guys hanging. Uh, they did get that, this is Bruce, uh, <laughs> calling again. Uh, they did get that guy. I like he, it looks like he heard us. <laughs> oh, yeah, you want to know what the photo huh? This is this is organic. This we didn't plan this. I didn't even know who was first calling back. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, out all right, and he did live. I don't know if they they he was able to uh, they were able to salvage his foot or anything, but uh, he he was he ended up being okay in the end. Um, but just because I called you again, I figured I'll drop uh, some bare knowledge. I don't know if it's real knowledge, but I learned a fun fact apparently. Uh, that apparently, I don't know if there's any Alaskans on the podcast who listen, who listen or in the Discord, but uh, apparently they use uh, donuts to uh, lure bears. So I thought that was pretty funny and cool. Uh, image is pretty comical in my head. Uh, so if anyone can verify that, that would be pretty cool. Thanks again. Thank you, Bruce. I So here's the thing. <laughs> hey, what's up? Uh, once again, <laughs> when I was in Alabama, I was sitting inside this exact same riding with the same person. Yeah. Cause I've never been in a situation oh, where Johnny I had to, Appleseed. yeah, Johnny Appleseed's what we'll call him. I've never been in a situation, even when I worked in Pennsylvania and uh, in Ohio and like, you know, stuff where you feel like there'd be more bear activity. I was never like in a situation where I was like scared of bears. Cause everything we everywhere we were working was like in hill country and like, Way open. And you could take a black bear. Yeah, I could take on a black bear. But in Alabama, uh, because it was wooded like that, I was exceptionally afraid of, like, bears. And I remember... We're, I, we're at threat level orange for bear attacks right <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, wait, man. I was like, I've talked a lot of shit about bears on this podcast. <laughs> and, like, this would be... And so, like... I've, I've been building up some karma. <laughs> we were waiting... And, uh, uh, I remember I was sitting there with my foot on the, on the, the truck door. Cause we can't idle our trucks cause you know, our company's really green. Yeah. And so I have my door wide open with my foot on it and, uh, uh, I'm sitting there and I'm on my phone waiting for somebody to come and approve something. And I was like, wait, and it's just full woods. Like I said, it's like probably like a uh, 30, 40 foot trees around me. Just like full as like, like oh, what you like horror in, woods in the woods. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> I was like, does Alabama have bears? And it was like, yes, Alabama has bears. I was like, oh, Lord. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, well, and I, I clearly remember, was like, what attracts bears? And like, anything sweet, like honey buns, like donuts and all that stuff. So I did know that. I didn't know that Alaska uses them to attract bears. But, yes, I, I remember specifically that we had gotten donuts that morning, and they were in the truck. And I was like, well, I got to close my door now. Like, I can't. Uh-oh. So the fact that this all organically has come back around. And uh, by the way, Johnny Appleseed did not eat any donuts that I brought. When I first meet somebody for the first time, I bring donuts in the morning so they can get like good vibes from me. Yeah. Oh, that was the exact wrong move for Apple. Johnny Appleseed. He does not eat donuts. Should have brought the, uh, the fritters. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't Sorry, think I lost the word for a second. Yeah. An apple fritter would have been the, wouldn't have been the way to go there. But, uh, but yeah, no, I uh, definitely appreciate the second call, Bruce, about bears. The, yeah, the extra information 
follow up on the uh, the industrial accident. Industrial accident. Not sure if they saved the foot. If you could get that information for us, we kind of need it. It's going to bother me. I'm going to look up to see if you could. I'm going to ask my mom tonight. Uh, we're going to find out. But, uh, but yeah, that is that is it for voicemails. Thanks once again, Bruce and Jack. Uh, Love it. Derek, hobby progress. What you been working on, man? All right. So uh, this week I didn't get as much hobby time as I would have liked to. I've been uh, helping my dad gear up. He's got a bunch of stuff going on next week with his PA, and he was working on getting some of that a little more mobile for him. Uh, but I did get a game in uh, last night, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yesterday. And then uh, earlier today, actually, me, Cody, and Locker visited a shop up in San Antonio. Uh, hole in the wall hobbies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that place was super tight. They had a bunch of like cool, like uh, a lot of like classic stuff as well as some, a good stock of like new stuff. Uh, I, I think they do a lot of like online, like eBay type stuff where they bring stuff in and like, you know, part it out and, and do stuff that way. So they just almost anything could have been there. Like there was some old Epic stuff. There's like black reach Marines, uh, they had some of the, like the special edition maps from the horse heresy stuff the, or the siege of Terra. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they had some like 3d printed or like handcrafted, like a space Marine shoulder pad at like closer to life, life size scale, like a, a bolt pistol, stuff like that. And then the whole thing was just packed wall to wall with just all sorts of products, uh, D and D stuff, all sorts of Warhammer stuff. They had some Gundam stuff. Not, not a lot, but a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's just a really cool place. And uh, Cody was like, "Hey, we're gonna go check this out. You wanna, you know, come see what's up?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm cool. I'm free. I'm free this day." So, but uh, yesterday played with played against John. He was using uh, Alpha Legion. He had a couple units of snipers and some vigilators in them, and then a bunch of other stuff that did a lot of work. But basically, it was like an ambush style deployment. Kind of like the game I'd played with my drop space wolves against his iron hands. Mm-hmm. Like this time I was defending with my 120 gray slayers list. Oh, so how many points y'all playing? Uh, 3,000. Okay, so 3,000 point game and you're playing 120 gray slayers. Yes. Okay. So my list was a 20 man unit of gray slayers with artificer armor on the sergeant, five power fists in the unit, apothecary with no upgrades, six of that. Plus a Praetor and two Speakers of the Dead, which are uh, Space Wolves, Chaplain, Apothecaries, if you don't know. And that was my list. That's all it was. Very straightforward. I've got a whole bunch of dudes. Do something about it. Okay. So I had two two of those units outflanking. Otherwise, they wouldn't fit my deployment zone. Okay. Because uh, the right of war I'm running lets them do that. And then... So the, the deployment, the center tile that I was like ambush style deployed on had like two ramps coming off of it. There's like the Castellum stronghold tile. Yeah, I know. Okay. So he goes first and he just pins those two units. So I'm now trapped inside my deployment. I can't do anything about it. And then he spends the next few turns like shooting me off the table. Uh, my outflanking stuff finally comes in and half of it gets pinned from interceptor fire from the sniper rifles. <laughs> and they weren't even like super oppressive. Like he wasn't stacking fear and shell shock and everything like that. I just can't, I just couldn't roll below a 10 on these pinning checks. Yikes. Okay. So I just failed more pinning checks than I like passed this game. No stubborn anywhere to be seen. <laughs> I had stubborn and it didn't matter cause I rolled an 11. Oh Lord. Okay. He was like, yeah, normally that doesn't do that. Uh, I, I toned this list down with, I'd run less snipers than I had originally. Cause I think he built it before the edition dropped. 
And then it turns out like, oh, this list is like really tuned. He's like, oh, uh-oh. Okay. okay. So, so he had toned it back a little bit. And I didn't feel like I couldn't do anything that game. He had like, once one of the units was pinned, I was able to like take, put wounds on one side so I could get around it. And I was able to like charge some Terminators. But it wasn't anything they couldn't handle. So they just kind of wiped my unit. Uh, sniping the apothecaries and power fists out of my unit hurt. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's <laughs> so, it, it's not cheap. <laughs> uh, how many points did you spend to make your 12-point models good? All right, well, get those out of here. Yeah. N- none of those anymore. So uh, that game was a lot quicker than they usually go. But by the same, same token, uh, snipers, really good. More news at 11. Yeah, but that's kind of Alpha Legion's thing. I guess Alpha Legion and Raven Guard's kind of both of their things. Just kind of like pick out characters and get rid of them and then uh, start, I guess, disassembling units is probably the best way to describe it. Yeah, that that was the exact force to handle this like character-heavy Space Wolves force I'm running. Yeah. Like anything without that much precision and sniper is going to have a lot harder time dealing with it. Because mm, 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 mm. like the the crenellations on the tile were like a four up cover save, and then because I'm skirmish, it goes to a three up. So like he had some plasma cannons on his dreadnoughts, and then like some other stuff coming in. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm gonna just take a three up cover save. Deal was, with it. Was this a a, a play test for a mission for Warzone? Uh, I think so. Yeah. How'd it go? How's it like mission wise? How'd it go? Uh, so we tweaked it a little bit from when I dropped in my drop pods against his iron hands. And I think it's good. Like the premise of the mission is that the defender, the base is already lost. You're not going to win this. You're kind of going to get tabled. It's about what you do before then. I gotcha. So because I just had so many bodies holding the point, I was racking up, uh, racking up victory points doing that. Just because every turn you're holding out, you're getting victory points but he's trying to take units out to get victory points. So if my flanking assault had actually been able to like not be pinned and charge into the, into the base, I probably would have gotten enough points to counter the fact that I was going to lose six units. Also, I only brought six units. So that kind of capped him out on victory points. He could earn. Interesting sucker. Yeah. So despite getting absolutely tabled and I mean, by that, I mean like, okay, but I have two units left. No characters in them, and they're both pinned. I think I think we can call it here. Uh, I still actually, because of the mission, did pretty well. Okay. But they're just trying to tweak it, and the issue is they're trying to tweak it for game feel, which isn't something you can, like, concrete do. Like, you just kind of have to, like, make a change and see how it feels. Like, like that's one of those things that's really hard to do, like, outside of the game. Yeah, no, I get that 100%, especially when you're not really... When you don't see it interacting inside the game, it doesn't really... You can always speculate, but until... I I guess until you have somebody, like a second opinion or a third opinion, and just... Because you can't know how everybody's army operates, you know? Oh, absolutely. Nobody can anticipate 120 Space Wolves Gracelayers. Yeah, that is a uh, extreme flex. Every, every time I bring it, my opponent's like, I don't know what to do about this. <laughs> Unless they have like enough snipers to handle it. And then they handle it. But even he was shocked. He's like, I was not expecting you to fail that pinning check with your... Because I, I, I had one of my uh, Speakers of the Dead survive long enough. And he's leadership 10 and stubborn. And doesn't matter. He's pinned, and now they're just stuck there in the way. Mm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. That, that was just on my dice. 
If that hadn't happened, it would have gone a lot different. So how big were your units? 20 men plus apothecary and a few of them had characters like like uh, Centurions and Praetor. Gotcha. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> Ask I, me how many power fists. How many power fists? 25. That's a lot of power fists. Percent. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One in four in the unit can take them and then you can put one on the sergeant. Oh my God. So, uh, them getting pinned hurt extra hard then it, yeah, yeah. It didn't feel good. <laughs> every time, every time you're, uh, pinned, it's, uh, extra rough. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So dice betrayed you more than anything that game. It sounds a hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> I still had a good time. Like, like I said, those two units got pinned. A couple were able to get around and actually go do stuff. And I was able to like have agency in the game. Let me ask you something. Are you, um, efficient, at playing with 120 guys, like time-wise? I believe so. Okay. Because I've had a few events I've taken this kind of list to, and the whole, like, my whole mindset is I'm on the clock. Uh-huh. My movement phase is going to be the longest part of this game. Like, 70% of this game's entire length is probably going to be my movement phase, so I've, I don't have time to account for templates. Okay. If you get nine guys in your template... I brought 120 dudes. I can't space them all out three inches because they're scary mission. They get that three inch coherency. I don't have time to sit there with my uh, tape measure or like even if I get a quick measure, I don't have I don't have time to do that. So that's just the tax I take. Anti infantry is going to be good against an all infantry list. Yeah, I got I got to keep my turn going. Yeah, not a lot of templates going around nowadays. So I mean, not yet anyway. They're not as stellar as they used to be but there are still some units that can do some damage with it like graviton hurts that list a lot just because honestly more because of the dangerous terrain checks i gotcha but my whole mindset the first couple events i took it to was can i play this list without it being painful for my opponent and i think i've got it down pretty well interesting yeah now i was kind of curious on like uh if you're thinking maybe like include some movement trays or something to make it easier or anything like that but I'd thought about it. The The biggest way I could improve it is having some like Magna racks or something. So they're a lot more organized at the beginning of the game so uh, that I'm not, cause right now I'm not proud to say it, but they ride around in a box in my truck. <laughs> they ride around a duffel bag. <laughs> I've got a cardboard box that used to hold a box of resin and now it holds a bunch of space wolves. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> Uh, there's only one of them that broke that I couldn't fix. Okay. okay. I only had like five guys I had to repair the last time. So it's not as bad as it could be. I mean, it's not just like kicking around in the bed of the truck or anything. Is it padded? Is there some sort of padding or is they pat each other? Uh, they all just kind of like form a mass. They, they, <laughs> you use their they, they form, gravity. <laughs> they form what orc players call a wah. <laughs> and, uh, that's just how they roll. Okay, so they're like uh, a dandelion where they're all stuck together and they and eventually then, yeah, break up. Yeah, scatters off into the wind and they go do stuff. Go make other space wolves. Okay, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. But I, I do need to improve that a little bit because before the game, it's like, all right, uh, let me sort you into your squads because they have like different markings on their shoulder pads. That's kind of how I tell. Okay. Uh, during the game, I try to keep like a row of dice between all my units so my opponent can tell. But uh, a lot of that is, okay, these guys are going to move here. These guys are going to move here. Uh, here's what's going to happen. And just kind of like planning out my turn. And then like, oh, these guys are going to, this squad's going to move over here and do nothing else. 
So I'm going to move a few guys and I'll leave that for for later. Go do the rest of my turn and be like, all right, your turn. Now I'm going to move the rest of the squad. Go ahead and do your movement. And, and just kind of like seeing what you can like stack to have stuff going at the same time. I wonder if that's a thing. Like, is, is that ever in a, a any like fluff or anything where it's just like a mass infantry charge of Space Wolves? Probably. Wouldn't shock me. <laughs> okay. There, well, there's two factions I think would 100% do that. One is Space Wolves. The other one is Stormwing, who apparently can do it better. <laughs> I found that out today. I was looking at Dark Angel stuff. It's like, oh, Stormwing can just do that list better because I'm limited to 120 Grace Layers. If I want more Grace Layers, I have to ally in Alpha Legion to use Rewards of Treachery to take another Grace Layers. Grace Layers. <laughs> Whereas Stormwing, you can take your uh, your tacticals as elites as well. Okay. So they get 10 slots. They can put 20-man tacticals. Interesting. Can't have nothing. Dark Angel's got to do everything better than everybody. Okay. So, okay. Are you going to run that list at Alamo? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I was curious. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need to get some table time with these uh, these Ultramarines. Oh, that's right. Okay. Man, that'd be interesting. I think this week I should be able to put in some more work on them and uh, get them done up. Uh, If not done, hopefully where I can start taking some good looking pictures of them because people have been asking where they at. (laughs) I thought they were supposed to look good. Where they at? How they look? They look good. Trust me. Take my word for it, people. Uh, Hopefully they won't have to by next week. I'll have something. And if it don't look good, then, well, I got busy this week. (laughs) But no, other than that, uh, hung out at the shop for a little bit. Uh, talked to powerful Tyler. You know, he's telling me about some of the battle sims games you were going on. You had going on, but uh, I tried not to hear too much because I either wanted to see it firsthand or catch up with you uh, right now. So why don't you tell me how that goes? Sure. So check this out, guys. Everybody listening. Um, last week, in between last week and now, I think last week we would try. We kind of talked about how. Yeah. Jumping into heresy is a little bit difficult because um, it's like all or nothing, really. Like there's a little bit. There, there's no like, hey, try this out and see if it's for you. Is this unit cool? Uh, is this because uh, there is Zomortalis. There is Zomortalis, but there's some stuff that you would use in Zomortalis that wouldn't really translate too well into that. And also the barrier for entry for Zomortalis isn't so much on the model side. It's on the table. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. If you're getting into heresy, you probably don't have a Zomortalis table unless you do 40 K boarding patrol. Yeah. So we talked about that last week and I would like, it was like that, like kind of like rattled a little thing in my mind. It's like, man, I wish there was like an easier way for people to get into it and like be able to play, but also not have to dedicate like, uh, f- like fully invest into an army and like fully invest into, uh, four hours of play or anything like that. Yeah, the gears were turning before we like finished recording. Like, yeah, you were already like, hey, what if there was this? How how would that, how would that work? What would that look like? So like that's what got me down the uh, the river of synchronicity. That is the way I live my life. And then I went to go get my haircut at a, a powerful Rick from yeah. the shop. Uh, which was the most interesting haircut I've ever had because I've never <laughs> had a barber. Like he does like professional fades and all this stuff. Like oh, yeah. he works for a company called Texas made fades and like does like exceptional haircut works. He trimmed up my beard and I, did, I got the full package. Right. Oh yeah. I was like, see, see what he can do. See what this guy can do. So he, he, play, good. he plays kill team. Good, by the way. Appreciate you. He plays kill team at the shop. And so I'm getting this haircut with this like Warhammer barber 
who is like essentially just talking shop the whole time with me. As barbers do. Which is like, but specifically about Warhammer. Yeah. Which is an experience I've never had. I'm pretty sure there have been people out there that have this experience, but I would say it's one of the most like awesome experiences you could have. <laughs> Cause like you're getting your haircut, you're just like chopping it up. Like I feel like this is how uh, like New York Wall Street people talk about like, when they're talking about trading stocks, but I'm talking shop about like Kill Team and you know Horse Heresy and 40K, and so uh, me and him are going back and forth, and you know he's telling me about Kill Team, I'm listening about Kill Team, and then you know, I start talking about Heresy, and then he comes out and says like, "Yeah, man, I've been interested in playing Horse Heresy, but nobody like every time I ask somebody, it's always a you know just play what you want." Just play what you want, play what you feel. And he goes, I don't know what I want. I don't like, and I don't want us to go spend hundreds of dollars on something that isn't good. You know, why would I like, I don't want to have a bad time, but also, you know, I don't want to be overpowered. I don't want to do this. And like, no, it's like, there's like, so he's like, everybody I've talked to you about heresy does not have like a play this list and you're going to have a good time. Like pick a Legion. I'll tell you what Legion you want to play. I'll give you a good list for it. Nobody's telling about that. And then he's like, and then in addition to that, the bar, because he's competitive. He's a competitive kill team, 40K player. Yeah. Um. So he's would be competitive in Horus Heresy. He says, you know, I, I want to play, but like I also want to get good at it to where, you know, people are having a good time with me instead of just rolling all over me. He says, but every time I see y'all playing Horus Heresy, there's a, uh, you know, it doesn't look like anybody is playing like narratively. It seems like everybody is playing like with, uh, with, a mindset of trying to win, right? Yeah, and that that's a big discussion probably for another podcast. Absolutely. Uh, I've had some thoughts on that too. I've been trying to uh, let mature. Okay. So so even better. Uh, so he's talking about this, and I'm like, okay. He's looking for an into the heresy. Into the heresy kind of thing. And then his biggest thing was like, I've got to dedicate four hours of gameplay to even pull like one thing out of this. Yeah. And he's all like, when I play kill team, I dedicate 45 minutes, an hour, get a game in. I know I'm going to play better next time. And then I said, let's re-rack 45 minutes to an hour game in re-rack. He said, you get four or five yeah. games in a day. I, you might like, cause he was talking about like, he's got a few kill teams and he's got each of them kind of dialed in like, okay. Like and how he wants them to work. Yeah, like rules, like special rules. And then he's got, you know, kind of similar opponents. Like he'll like... Uh, yeah, the past few times I've been to the shop, he was there playing boarding patrols with people. Yeah, yeah. So like he, he plays his games, knows what his opponent's armies can do. He knows everything like that. Because like if you think about the way we play uh, Horse Heresy, you know, like you go watch a game, you play, you learn maybe like in, in my case, like I know a lot about Ultramarines because I've been playing against a lot of Ultramarines. Mm-hmm. But I haven't played against Night Lords. I haven't played against, you know, other legions like that. I've just kind of seen what their rules look like. You know, I've, you know, I've heard about them, but not really seen them. There's glancing the book, and then there's actually getting game time. Yeah, to see how things actually work out. So with that in mind, and especially after hearing that, I sat down. I was like, okay, what would be a method to make a fast-playing version of Horus Heresy that both forces you to interact, but also uh, is quick enough to where you're not dedicating a full four or five hours to this and, like, you can get multiple games in and and things like that. 
And so I went back to fifth edition Planet Strike. Okay. And so Going if you're back on this one. Yeah, yeah. The the old Planet Strike rules had modified force organization charts that were determined whether you're attack or defender. Okay. And it wasn't a you have to take an HQ, you have to take uh, troops and all this stuff. It was kind of modified where it was like, oh, if you're a defender, you're probably not going to have fast attack units. You're probably not going to have elite units. You're going to have a shitload of troops. You're going to have this. And so initially that's kind of like one of the first things I wanted to do was like modify your um, force organization chart so that you can... Um, so that you can take units you want, not necessarily units that uh, uh, would balance the game. Okay, you can focus on kind of what you want to try out. Yeah. If you want to try out troops, you can do that, but you also don't have a troop tax. Yes, yes. Okay. So, like, um, if you have a unit, like, so so in the case of, like, uh, the attacker has uh, more fast attack troops available to them, and, and, and I made it to where you roll off at the beginning of the game to see who's, who's attacker, who's defender. Uh, but you can have that predetermined where like, yeah. it was like, Hey, I want to try out these, uh, this kind of fits into attacker. Do you have anything you want to try out for defender? Yeah. And so you, you make your list. Uh, it's, I, I made it to where it's a thousand points to 1250 is what you're going to be playing. Um, but you're not, there's no force organization chart that requires you to take an HQ. There's no force organization charts that requires the two uh, troops. You don't have to take any troops. Uh, but the, the, the actual force organization charts are more based on like a defender is going to have more heavy supports available, less fast attack, more elites or less elites, more troops, more HQs. And then the, uh, the attacker side is going to have more fast attack available to them, more, uh, elites. more elites. And so I, I kind of try to balance it that way. Okay. And then I made a four by four map, which is, uh, I figured four by four to get everybody closer and onto each other faster. Yeah. Um, but in addition, I wanted to make the terrain available to everybody because, like you had said, Zone Mortalis is kind of you're limited by what terrain you have. Yeah. So I, th- I took that to heart. And so all of the terrain I have in this game is 18 Coke cans or Coke can size models. So, like a spray paint can and all this stuff. Okay. So, and uh, the way I have them working is I have. Uh, six Coke cans in the middle that are staggered. And so completely box on of sight from both deployment zones. And then, uh, two, uh, six packs on the outside that you can get around. And so you can hide behind them. You can use them as cover. If you have okay. units that would rather get you, behind you cover. You can't quite get inside of them cause they're too close. You, they, you can get inside of them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, but so with infantry only. Right. Okay. And so, um, what it does, and this is kind of what if I played it twice already, and and uh, um, I've gotten good feedback on it. It if you start your game on both sides, uh, so so rules wise, and by the way, if y'all want to see this, um, we do have this in the Discord. It's Battle Sim Mission One. Yes, it has its own its own tab separate from the uh, the playtest Citizen Soldier stuff. Yeah, and so this is going to be something. I want to make five of these, but this is number one, and, and I'm working on this right now. Um, but, um, another thing that it does is, so attacker has a smaller deployment zone than the defender does. Defender gets a full one by one to deploy in attacker gets a, a a six by six by like, like basically half of the deployment zone measurement wise, maybe three, maybe three quarters, uh, six inches in six inches in and then meet in the middle. So you're missing that little baby, like six by six square. Okay. So, uh, 
uh, maybe it's a third missing of the, so they have less deployment zone. And so if you're an attacker and you bring like a lot of like big things, uh, you're going to have to have something in reserve. It can't, it can't fit. Okay. So it forces you to interact with that mechanic. Yeah. It forces you to bring stuff in reserve. In addition, attackers always go first. Defenders always go second, but defenders get to, uh, get their full whole thousand points out there and then they can still seize. Okay. Um, the way the terrain set up, you can't shoot at each other first turn. I mean, you can't see each other. Uh, the Coke cans block deployment zones from seeing each other. Right. So if you want to use anything, it's you, gotta be indirect or you gotta move it. You gotta take advantage of cover. You have to move your units. You have to get your units up in range. Uh, there's a lot of different things you have to, to do to get, to get moving. Uh, it forces interaction into the middle and which ha- it basically makes for a lot of interesting kind of like dynamics. Okay. Uh, because it is, and this is actually one of the reasons why I named it battle simulation. It's battle sim. Uh, kill points don't matter. Uh, no matter, no matter how many people you kill, it doesn't matter. Um, you're not going to get any points for killing people. The only way you're going to get points is getting into the enemy deployment zone. Um, that is the only way you'll get any points. Uh, any unit gets in the deployment zone is one point. Any scoring unit is two points. That's the only thing you have to remember. Okay. The entire game, if you want, if nobody gets in the enemy deployment zones, you'll tie. That's it. No other rules. If you murder each other, no. If you end the game and you're not in your opponent, uh, your opponent's deployment zone, then you do not get any points. And so, uh, because that is such a hard rule. And I, I actually learned this from the two battle sim games. It forces you to play more aggressively. It forces you to play the mission. So um, driving a land raider directly next to a rhino and passing it up to get it into a deployment zone in like turn three is a very weird move, right? In normal games. But because it doesn't, uh, it, it takes away and strips kind of the... Um, the, the, the bloodlust. Yeah. The focus on making your points back. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it, it, it definitely, um, when I see a unit and I was like, if, if I'm a bell predator and you put a big meaty infantry, a 20, infantry, man, 20 man gray slayer squad, I'm going to want to shoot it. I'm, I want to kill this thing. But when you, when that's not worth it, right. And I know that this bolter unit can't hurt my bell predator as long as I'm facing it but I know it's going to take me two turns to get to the deployment zone and I only have two turns left. I know that I can't waste snap shooting. I can't, you know, (laughs) I can't go around and, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Um, it, it, it definitely, that definitely happened, uh, both games, especially when it's, you know, that, um, you are solely trying to keep people out of your deployment zone and trying to move into the deployment zone. Um, and it, it, it also kind of helps you do that math where it's like, I know this unit could never make it to my deployment zone, even full run. They'll never make it. So just ignore them. You know, it makes you kind of rethink everything. And that five turns goes incredibly fast. Uh, it's that's what I hear. It's a super, super fast, like five turns. So the impression I got from what little I did hear from Tyler was like, imagine if you played a game of heresy, but you only actually played turn three. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. So it cuts out a lot of the initial like moving stuff around and getting things set up and trying to alpha strike this or take care of that threat. It's like, no, here's the situation. Here's where we're, what we're in. Let's make the best of it. Finish the game. 
finish it off. That's pretty much it. So it's not like the cleanup turns, but it's also like you're in there. Yeah, yeah. I uh, so I played the first the first actual, and this is what makes it so cool. And it's kind of one of those things where um, it was this is how it was intended to be. Um, so Josh, it was late night Thursday or Friday. I think it's Thursday. At some point. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it was late night Thursday. Uh, Josh hit me up and, you know, asked what I was doing. And I was like, hey, do you want to play Battle Sims? He was like, yeah, sure. And it was already late. Like, it was already, yeah. like, 9 o'clock at night. And I was like, if any of this game is right, then I should be able to get this game knocked out in an hour. If this game does what it's supposed to do, then we'll be yucking it up after the game and, like, yeah. And that's exactly how it worked out. Nice. It was about an hour and a half. Uh, he played Emperor's Children. I played my Blood Angels. I ran Sabres, uh, Bell Predator, uh, Land Raider. I tried Crimson Paladins, Garbo, um, <laughs> and uh, a Rhino with uh, 10 dudes in it. And um, I was attacker. played Josh. He played Emperor's Children. He played Palatine Blades. He played three units of a Cacophony and a, a five-man squad of uh, uh, Sun, Sun Killers. Killers. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, just my sabers, bro, they, they're pretty sweet. Uh, oh I, yeah. Just riding that low target priority and then just start doing work while yeah, you the land raiders. Yeah. They just move so fast. Uh, I, like, okay. Uh, one of the really important things about battle sim is learn your rules because it's a fast game. Get them all right. Okay, that is a, you know, when you play like a normal game and you're like, ah, I forgot to do this and oh, it's okay. I'll just whatever. Use Battle Sim to like, even if you aren't sure about a rule, look up that rule. And so whenever I said, hey, it's cool. Sabres can move 32 inches. They can when they move fast. And I thought to myself, like, I think it's all I have to do. I think they have to snap shoot. I think I think they can still shoot. I just double check myself because, you know. This is what Battle Sim is for, to make sure you have your shit dialed in. Oh, yeah? Well, I guess I completely... When I was talking about doing this for a Warhound, I completely overlooked that you could possibly stun yourself if you do this. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about this. So when you move flat out with a fast vehicle, you roll a D6 for the vehicle. If you roll a 1... You're stunned. loses a whole point, as if from a glancing hit, and is now stunned. Yes, and in a squadron, that means you roll... Uh, once per vehicle, once per vehicle, three vehicles. And that's a three chances of a, a one being rolled. And if one of your units gets stunned, you can't abandon it out of the squadron. Nope. has to be full blown immobilized for it to split off. Yeah. So, so I learned that and I was like, wow, this is a, I love me some sabers riskier now. Yeah. Very risky, very risky, especially, you know, but kind of worth it in some instances, but I think it's just, I'm going to start using it to where, I don't have to move 32 inches all the time. It's more of a flex than anything. <laughs> but uh, in a, in any other game, that amount of movement, you really wouldn't need. They have like a 24-inch gun. They can get in range of what they need to hit. Yeah. But because you're trying to get to that deployment zone. Yep. I was flying, dude. I was going. I was like, <laughs> later, loser. Like, oh, 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 no. So uh, ass. I ran the auto cannon, assault cannon saber. The, I know the auto cannon's good. How's the assault cannon do on it? Uh, great. Oh. Uh, uh, re- reacting assault cannon is great. Um, when you uh, when it happens. So, 
Uh, it's just it's just cool to throw strength six rending into stuff, and then you've got your uh, your auto cannon anyway. So very much same same thing. Hell yeah. Um, I did that that game. I learned very quickly that Palatine blades are very very uh, powerful. Um, oh, for sure, the like plus one initiative. Yes, does work. And uh, forcing your uh, forcing you to have a minus one to hit them. It's with it's uh, especially nasty against uh, uh, Crimson Paladins because that's who I sent into them. I was like three Crimson Paladins versus a uh, uh, ten man Palatine Blades. Not even a challenge. <laughs> they uh, yikes! Uh, stripped those men naked. <laughs> there was nothing they could do. <laughs> like, and they took his shoes. Yeah, yeah, they took everything down to my shoes. Uh, uh, sabers. They took care of the uh, Sun Killers really quickly as they knew what their target was. Um, rendered them out, uh, and then it was kind of just like luckily the uh, uh, the cacophony. There wasn't a lot they could do against tanks had a land raider in there. So it was just pretty much land raider just does what it does, picks you apart. Uh, it's last cannons are going to go through. And so it's going to pick you apart, d- does what it needs to one at a time. Even if it's just one guy at a time or two guys at a time, it's going to go, it's going to do what it needs to. Mm-hmm. So, um, in that case, it was one of those things where, um, it was just getting to the deployment zones and neither of us, we were so heavily defended on our own deployment zones because we were both moving very quickly. Uh, that we just couldn't get there. Neither of us could get there. And because that's the only victory condition in there is you get to leave by tying. You both learned your rules. Yeah. You both fucked each other up and nobody has to say, ah, he won or he beat me. We, you tied. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sounds like it worked exactly as intended for uh, being this early of a draft. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking like 18 Coke cans. I think this could be a pretty good beer hammer game. Yeah, I'm definitely going to uh, three six packs. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try and figure out uh, a 3D model that looks like a Coke can that like uh, that, not the ones that actually use the Coke can, but like find a 3D model that like looks like a Coke can. But like maybe I can print in like a, a clear resin to make it look like a simulator. <laughs> like, they're <laughs> using like, like paintballs, paint, <laughs> paint like uh, the, the green grid on it. Yeah. Yeah, or or maybe <laughs> maybe paint them like uh like paintball inflatables. <laughs> and then like he's like, Oh yeah, these are, they're using paint bolters right now. Um and then I played against Tyler. I played against his uh Ultramarines. his Ultramarines. He told it, me that he found out Suzerains are real good. Suzerains are very good. He played them where the characters can like uh distribute their wounds amongst the whole unit. Yeah, I don't like that, so I don't do it, but yeah. I don't have a strong enough argument to prevent other people from doing it. Well, it's very powerful. Uh, it's it, quite good. It's very good. Um, so I I sabered him, ran up, blasted the shit out of him, and he's like, oh, yeah? And started running at me with suzerains. I was like, oh, yeah? Yeah. Started blasting him back. And then he moved up on me, and I was like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and react and back up. But I, like, I was... This close to the Coke can. So I was oh, like, you had to, did you pivot before you did that though? Uh, no, I didn't. So vehicles, fun fact, can pivot up to 90 degrees before they advance or withdraw. But don't you have, you can withdraw away from the enemy, right? Or it's like a straight line. Vehicles uh, either move t- forward if they're advancing or backward if they're withdrawing. That is relative only to the vehicle itself. The direction you pivot is not specifically, you know, relative to anything 
in the rules. So nothing says you can't go like, you know, perpendicular away from the enemy. Okay. Okay. The, the directly towards and directly away strict is strictly for models that do not move like vehicles. And that's your full movement, right? Uh, six inches, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Eh, I still would have been screwed anyway. Yeah. But either way, uh, Caesarians rolled up on me and then just started hammering. Oh, yeah. Luckily... Hey, does he run them with the thunder hammers? No, just axes. Oh, okay. And he has Praetor in there, who also had his axe, but he just had a power axe. So they didn't, they didn't kill my sabers, but if they did have a thunder hammer, they would just ruin sabers' lives. Oh, yeah. Because those guys can take thunder hammers. Yeah, well... But that's throwing points into an already expensive unit. He read um, uh, two Scorpii. Yeah. Uh, in a uh, in a squadron squadron killed them pretty quickly was nice. not not gonna have that action uh, shooting at me um, and then I really 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 both games I really really wanted my and I really wanted to like Crimson Paladins my uh, Bell Predator mounted uh Assault cannon. Uh, master of uh master of armor. So a uh, ballistic skill five bell predator with Oh for uh for armored spearhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So uh uh pinnel mounted uh assault cannon, twin linked assault cannon, sponsor mounted assault cannon, hitting on twos, wounding on twos with rending. Then you hit that reaction fire and it just blows up. Dude. No, and I, I didn't. I didn't uh and I was playing it right. I was reacting like a madman, dude. Every, like, oh, you're going to shoot at me? I'm shooting back. Oh, you're going to charge me? I'm shooting. Dude, I'm nonstop. I'm shooting the shooting phase. I'm shooting in your shooting phase. I'm shooting in my chart in your assault phase. Dude, I was like, ah, just everything. Just like dude. the end of the, the third Matrix movie. And when I tell you that you have, was that, 4, 8, 12, 16 uh, rending possible hits, that feels like you're going to just annihilate a squad, right? Uh, depends on what that squad is. Yeah, well, it's, you know... It's Suzerain? It's Suzerain. It's a, a tactical squad. I mean, it's a lot of wounds, but Suzerain, two wounds apiece, two plus armor save. It took a long time to get to get them get a run five down. Five up in Volta shooting. But, boy, do I love that much dice. Oh, boy, do oh. I love rolling that much dice. Oh, that just just ticked all the happy chemicals. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, all right, these four gray ones are my twin linked ones. <laughs> yeah, that was my game with John. It's like, all right, I get two attacks a guy, uh, one base, one for charging, one for extra weapon, one an extra attack on these guys for reaping blow, on like sixteen guys. <laughs> <sighs> so, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, man, rolling it, dice makes the brain happy. Yes, rolling dice does in fact make the brain happy and then when it's like i'm gonna shoot this guy it's like oh, i get to return fire with him i get to Bet. do this again Bet. <laughs> sign me up <laughs> like dude that thing like because he didn't move from like one spot for like a turn and a half so not only did he shoot there but he also reacted uh overwatch there yeah and then he also reacted return fire there yeah so i just imagine he was just like just absolutely covered in like shell casings in that oh, spot. Yeah. There's now a barricade size <laughs> pile of shell casings. So, uh, but just like his blister skill five just makes him like so fun to shoot with, you know, nice. with that many dice. Like, yeah, they all hit. And then these all hit too. And these four are rending or these two are rending. Mm. So, uh, it was just so much fun to play with that guy. 
Hell yeah. Are, are you excited to stick a Decurion on there? Uh, um, we'll see. We'll see what he does. It's a predator. You can put him on there. I I mean, whatever the Decurion does, you know, I guess it's, he's not any better than... Not with the assault cannons for the one that we know that you can take. Yeah. yeah. Depends well, on what that other one does, though. That's what I'm saying, dude. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what that does, if anything. But it did uh, did motivate me to uh, model up some assault cannons for the uh, for the sabers, the whole mounted ones for the sabers, and I've seen you had the the pintle ones as well. Yeah, I tried to get as close as I could to um, a model that we've seen, aka a Decurion's pintle mounted assault cannon. Yeah, I think it looks pretty close. It's a good thing to go on. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got pretty damn close to it. So, uh, um, we'll see how that goes. I. Printed up the first time. Uh, I wasn't very happy with the... Well, obviously, on this one, you're, cause you're looking at it right now, but for everybody listening, uh, my the saber... Whole, yeah, the hole-mounted one for the saber. That's a pretty simple mount. Yeah, it just... Uh, I did not uh, account for the ammo feed being so wide <laughs> and not wow. fitting. So it's I, a little thick. Yeah, it's too thick. And so... And then I did the, like, old-school heavy bolter, like, chain-link feed in there. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, that'll go into the uh, the feed area. Dang, that looks good. And so we'll see about that. Um, but motivated me to model those up and get those printed. So they're actually printing right now. Um, I finished three more Predators for my Memetim list mm-hmm. as well. And I got all of my Memetim host decals on my uh my gold turrets hell yeah getting ready to take out some titans i'm gonna i'm trying i'm trying i'm gonna do some big game hunting um that's the plan (laughs) so uh but yeah battle sim if you guys are interested in it once again the rules are on discord we'll probably just end up putting them on the facebook as well probably should do that oh yeah Um, Uh, i think that that game mode is a definitely killer and i'm excited to see where this goes yeah, I, I want to get some games in with you at some point with it, just oh, so we will. can like, so you can put some feedback into it as well. Thousand points buys a lot of space wolves. Uh, hey man, it also buys a lot of bell predators. Uh, so, bet. <laughs> so I just got to get the power fist up there. <laughs> yeah, just, the, <laughs> back up. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Don't reverse tear. <laughs> so, uh, we'll, yeah. we'll do that. So, so librarian. Well, yeah, we or got Titanicus. You want to talk about a little Titanicus? We'll get Titanicus out of the way. They announced today they've got a Titanicus campaign organizer book. I think it was called. It's just kind of like a a collected works of the different Titanicus campaigns. So it kind of like combines. I think this is the Doom of Molech, Titan Death, and a couple other ones. Like so, existing books. If you've already got them, all that content should be about the same. But they did point out there's going to be new content for creating a Titan Legio. So if you like, if you have your own Titan Legio that you run and you just run them as this other Legio, but you kind of don't like that, they're going to have rules kind of like the 40 K chapter customizer rules. At least I assume they haven't shown off what that entails. Uh, There was some like leaks or like, like a promo they'd done where you could see the table of contents. And had like a uh, Majoris ha- household or a Majoris uh, legio and a Minoris legio. So there, there's going to be some options there to kind of make your own if you want to, which I think is really cool. 
Interesting. So, yeah, this is part of the Sunday preview. Seraphim tipped the scales with a new awesome set. Yes. They, they had a whole bunch of stuff for Age of Sigmar. Like, I think a, like half of the range for the Seraphon mm-hmm. with some cool looking frogs. Those are cool. But towards the end there, they talk about the new book and they also have the conversion beamers up for sale or, or up for a pre-order, I think. There's a small one that you can put on a Warhound arm or on top of a Reaver and then a big one you can put on a Warhound arm. So, and there's one in the middle. So like, well, there's three there. The, the, the two on the, the that bottom one is the Warhound arm. Mm-hmm. The top on the right is the same gun just for a for Reaver, Reaver yeah. carapace. And that's the Warlord arm. And that one looks dope. Yeah. It just It has that like cathedral aesthetic to the gun where it's got these like spires coming off of it. I wonder if it's going to be able to blind Titans. I don't know. They, they might make that. I don't know if that's a mechanic in Titanicus right now. I don't know either. That's what I'm asking. That'd be cool. So I don't I, think of that as being like the primary thing of a conversion beamer. I th- more think of the, so you have different profiles in Titanicus for short range versus long range. So mm-hmm. I, I think we're going to see this thing is way better at long range. Yeah. But if this is something that you like, cause blind seems way more critical there, in Titanicus. There are rules for, for disabling Titans in Titanicus. Yeah. But like blind seems like it would be way more of a big deal in Titanicus than it would be in horse heresy. Oh, I bet. And so, uh, because right now there's like the neutron lasers, which instead of shock pulse like they do in 30k, they just force your Titan onto shutdown orders, which means your void shields collapse because your reactor's down. Uh, good luck. Oh, and you can't attack because you're on shutdown orders. Did you see this? The Space Wolf audiobook. Yeah, well, the William King series is now on Audible. Is that the classic one? Yeah, the classic one, like the Ragnar Blackmane, like oh, that's awesome, Space Wolf, and like uh, Ragnar's Claw, and all that jazz. I have not read those books since the first time I read them back in high school. Oh, dude, they're so good. Uh, <laughs> I I just love the Wolf's Honor. I think it was the sixth book where he's just kicking it with some Thirteenth Company, just chilling, and they're talking about, oh, you're looking for the Spear of Rust. Oh, he still has that thing kicking around. Man, I remember one time Lehman got so drunk he tried to throw it at the moon, and we spent weeks finding it. <laughs> And he had only ever heard like Russ talked about like in veneration as like a demigod. Yeah. So and how people, important the spear was and how like yeah, it's this beautiful relic. The and they're like, oh, I hate that thing. <laughs> it's like, oh, Russ. Yeah. The emperor gave it to him. He, he really didn't like it. He just kind of kept it because he's supposed to. He would sometimes like ride it like a horse to play around. <laughs> <laughs> He'd make a joke like he was a witch and riding around like a broomstick and. And he's like, these guys are talking casually about one of the most revered figures I've known since I was born. I just thought about us doing a chibi of Russ using the spear of Russ to hit a pinata. <laughs> the wrong end. Yeah, the wrong end. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's cool. So that that's some of the Sunday previews they had coming up. And last Thursday, they showed off a new model for a generic librarian. And before we go into that real quick, this was... The last Thursday preview, yes, for a while. They, they said it's it's going to go away for a little bit. We don't have two months of Legion specific decurions, unfortunately. Yeah, so they are going to stop doing the Thursday previews for a little while. Yeah, they s- did say that we should keep an eye out for the militia PDF and the demons PDF. And shortly further. after that, the demons PDF. So who knows? So who knows what that time frame looks like? But hopefully, it's hopefully it's cool. If it if it's gonna take them this long, hopefully it's good. What was that run? Do you like? I don't. You probably don't know this off the top of your head, but like, what was that run like as far as like uh, weekly previews every Thursday? Was it like a oh, like how long they've been doing Heresy Thursdays? Yeah, 
Probably, I think it was since the edition launched. So almost like a year. Pretty close. That's crazy. That's serious. That's a lot of content. That's a lot of tanks they're announcing in plastic. 52 different models (laughs) that they announced. Yeah, so we had the Esoterist, which was really cool to see. Now we've got a non-Esoterist librarian, which Heresy has not had a generic librarian model ever. Everybody just had to convert up either one of the Knights Errant or the like Red Scorpions guy. who I think he was in Mark IV. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. there wasn't like a dedicated, hey, do you want a librarian? Here's a Horus Heresy librarian model. Wasn't there one in Terminator armor? No? I don't believe so. There, there might have been, there was a dude summoning a demon. Yeah. Which, before we had the Esoterist, it was like, okay, well, this is just a psyker. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's the one I'm thinking of. But, okay, so yeah, I, I guess. No, but yeah, that wasn't, I guess it wasn't a librarian. Kind of counts, but like summoning demons wasn't like a hard and fast thing for a generic legion until the Esoterist, which gotcha. was book eight, I think. So anyway, just straight up librarian. Hell yeah. And that is the most uh, bland way I could put it. Because <laughs> the model's <laughs> not exactly. But for being Legion non-specific, exactly yes. what we need. Yeah, you for know? being Legion agnostic, you've got plenty of room to do what you want to do with it. Uh, so it's a like, lot of room. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> very polite way to Dude say looks like a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> He's clean. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, it didn't have to be much. It could have just been like a head or like a torso with a psychic hood and then like a couple force weapons. I'm not mad at it. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's like, I mean, it, it looks like beta from For, from B-Max, the V-Max, B-Max. Or Baymax. Betamax, yeah. <laughs> Betamax from, from Big Six. From Big Six. Yeah. There's a lot of room on him to just do what you want. A lot of real estate. It, yeah. Sure. Hard to decipher get, from your normal you Mark some, VI. Get you some decals. <laughs> a lot of decals. <laughs> and if you got some way to, I guess like the old school yeah. green stuff way where you can like, you know, press oh. your green stuff oh, onto yeah. another model. Make, like, make a green stuff mold or something. Yeah. And then like press like, it back on that. And then press it gonna, on him. You're going to have to use the Wayback Machine on Games Workshop's website if you want to see how to do that. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, his model's not bad. I'm not. not. Yeah. But like compared to the Kalth Chaplain, which is one of the other like. I guess that's kind of what I compare it to as far as like a generic console type. Cause they had that like running chaplain where he's holding his crozius like choked up on the head and he's like got his plasma pistol stuck out. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't think that, he, that is very reminiscent of that model. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I think that's kind of what they were going for. Like, yeah, you do have like your forge world, like the, the non-specific centurion where he's got like the sword stuck in the ground. Or the one like with the power fist and he's got his face and it's all scarred up. Like like they have had better consoles, and especially for this, I th- I don't remember if they announced it as resin. I believe it was a resin model. Which, now that I say that, I hope I'm wrong for how like clean he was because with the resin models they typically do like kind of go all out with it. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I, I don't know. Was he supposed to be resin or is he plastic? Uh, I'm going to pull it up real quick before I go too far into saying what it was for sure. But, but yeah, so you want to talk about some librarians? Yeah, I'm very interested. Like, dude, honestly, and as ridiculous, I remember, like, in normal 40K, like, I was taking a librarian, like, all the time. Like, yeah. if it was not for, like, a divination or... Um, 
like just just different like i was going to squeeze in the librarian just to have some play um as a resin miniature okay wow <laughs> the, bless uh four sacks and uh i mean the psychic hood looks interesting he's like pu- pulled up the back of his collar yeah either way but yeah it's not, no it's not terrible i'm not mad at it uh but as far as like taking a librarian what are we what are we talking here so off the bat you've got a f- bunch of different disciplines the ones i see people kind of gravitate to is uh i need to pull up pull up the book real quick because i'm gonna get this wrong but i think it's telepathy uh so every psychic discipline it's his shoulders it's his shoulders that mess me up oh that's that's what's reminiscent of that chaplain no 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 his shoulders to where his neck is it does not work out that's what's messing me up when i look at this model so it's unclear what size he's going to be. Cause if he's like the same size as that Praetor. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. I see what you say. Where like the psychic hood is like coming up. Cause it's just like a flat circle instead of like what we're used to, where it looks like a shoulder pad that they cut two holes in. Yeah. It's just like, they took the, the circle of his collar and like pulled the back of it up yeah. over his head. It's like they gave him like an atomic wedgie with his armor. <laughs> he he looks like he's wearing his dad's armor is what it looks like <laughs> he borrowed his big brother's armor uh, but yeah so uh, it's not telekine- telepathy yeah so telepathy every psychic discipline has two powers one that works like a weapon and one that works outside of that okay okay so telepathy you get telepathic fugue which you can use at the start of any phase your psyker makes a psychic test which is a leadership check if he passes, you pick a, un- a single enemy unit within 24 inches in line of sight. If that check is passed, that unit cannot react to this phase at all. Uh, if you fail the check, he takes Peril of the Warp, which is an AP2 wound. He still gets his invul. I think the the Psychic Hood gives him like uh, Adamantium Will, which is an invul save against Psychic Powers and Psychic Weapons, as well as Perils of the Warp. Okay. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah, so it's like, hey, I'm about to do some stuff. Uh, you're not going to have anything to say about it. Yeah, I mean, that's... I, I'm going to do stuff in my turn. You wait for your turn. I would definitely be interested in, in using that against, like, a, a whole squadron. Yeah, that's one of the things I see people, like, kind of like the threat, like the Cold War of, like, oh, well, if people are going to just bring this stupid stuff, I'm just going to turn off your Sun Killer's reaction with my uh, my telepath, and there's nothing you can do about it. And then as far as his weapon goes, uh, he gets uh, telepathic hallucinations, which is a 36-inch range uh, gun. So it doesn't. there's no psychic phase anymore. This just goes off in whatever phase you want to use it. So because this is a shooting attack, you make it in your shooting phase whenever he would attack. Uh, if you fail that check, he takes Perils of the Warp, and he can't attack with this, but he can pick a different weapon. If you make that psychic check, uh, it's Assault 6, uh, no strength, no AP, but for every hit that you get, uh, when you're done, your opponent, that unit has to make a pinning check, and they add one to the die result for every hit you scored. Oh, that's crazy. Because it is not a penalty to their leadership, it gets around stubborn. Interesting. Yes. Hmm. Okay. And so. just a reminder for everybody, stubborn lets you ignore any negative modifiers to your leadership. Yeah. But this doesn't modify your leadership. It modifies the die roll positively. So it gets around that 
gets around uh, inexorable, which is like a lesser stubborn. So it's pretty pretty consistent way to throw some real pinning checks on people. Especially if you want to stack it with a herald or night lord's characters with fear. Can you can you can you reread it for me real quick? How like what's the average you're going to be hitting at? So it is 36 inch range assault six. And you're bliss skill five, regardless, because this is a console. Uh, yeah, for a centurion, you're bliss skill five. Okay, so you're hitting on twos. Yes. And this is not something that you have to worry about strength or anything with. You it's just need raw hits. So statistically, you're gonna get five hits. So this is a pinning check with let's say bad roll with three. Like let's say you hit with three. Yeah. Okay. So average roll seven. So like average roll so here. If you don't have a praetor or a chaplain, that unit pinned. is pinned. That's a very very reliable way to pin a unit. Quite strong. Man. In and, theory, I've yet to encounter this on the table. And you use that in lieu of shooting? Uh, he it, he treats it as a psychic weapon, which means if he makes a psychic check, it's a gun that he has. So if he's got something that gives him like firing protocols or something like that, then he can shoot that and a gun. When do you use, make the psychic check? When you elect to make the attack with the weapon. Okay, so he goes, you know what? Let me go ahead and... Let me shoot you with the telepathic hallucinations. Roll your psychic check. <laughs> If you fail, he takes perils, he rolls his invul, maybe feel no pain or something. Can you, you remind that. me again what the psychic check does? Or how to do a psychic check? It is check? a leadership test. And he's leadership 10 normally? 9? Uh, whatever a centurion would be. So probably 10. Is it his base leadership or is it like possibly modified? It's his leadership. Okay. If there's a special rule that modifies it, like suzerain will give plus 1 leadership to models within a certain range. Yeah. I think that works. I don't know too well, like... So the, the psychic check rules are a little earlier up. It's like after characters, but before vehicles. Dude, like this guy, like if you're... And he gets both of those powers. You can do them both in the same turn. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So he just like, let's say you're running a, like a... What's the Storm Eagle Ride of War? The... Angels of Wrath. Angels of Wrath, right? You step out of that Storm Eagle and you go, hey guy, you're not doing anything. Not in the movement phase. He's not. What do you mean? So. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about like, because you're going to charge a unit. Oh, yeah. You can do it in the assault phase. Yeah. Now, if he's already on the table and he's within 24 inches of that unit for whatever reason, and you can do it before you bring in your reserves and that turns off interceptor. Yeah. So like there's some stuff you can do with this guy. Can you intercept with this? Do we know? Is that Uh, an FAQ question? That is an FAQ question. If it is a weapon he has, can he use it whenever he makes a attack with a weapon? Because like, can it, you react? Yeah. Cause it, uh, are you going to charge me or you're going to shoot at me? You're not doing anything else. You're going to charge me. Uh, I think you're going to be pinned is what you're going to do. So maybe think about that. <laughs> maybe you're going to fail. So jot that down. That's super powerful. Especially if you're playing like a heavy, like a, uh, like a world eater player or something like that, you know? So as far as like psychic checks go, what does affect them? Uh, it is made exactly in the same manner as any other leadership test. However, special rules that allow a model to modify or automatically pass leadership tests have no effect on psychic chess, psychic checks. Okay. So cesarean are not letting you enhance your psychic chest. So the, uh, that modify the leadership test, whether or not it modifies your leadership characteristic, 
probably works because I would say fear counts. Like if it's, if you're under fear, that is a modifier to your, like, it's weird. Some stuff affects you when you're making like, uh, checks to fall back, checks to regroup. Okay. Okay. It's, it's kind of like, look at every rule and that'll tell you what it affects. Okay. Which, and without going like every single unit and going, okay, the suzerain one, how is that one worded? Do I, can I tab to it really, really quickly and pull it up? But the, the way I've been using it, I, I think it was just a flat modifier to your, to your leadership, but that could be entirely wrong. They wouldn't even worry about it right now. Yeah. Uh, that one specifically. Yeah. It's just a plus one to your leadership characteristic. So okay. I think that would work. I would, I haven't looked too closely at psychic stuff. Uh, psychic weapons, a psychic weapon, they're treated as having being equipped with it the same manner that they'd be equipped with like a bolt pistol. Uh, anytime they make a shooting attack, they can use ranged psychic weapons available to it. And during the assault phase, they can use psychic melee weapons the same way they would use like a chainsword. And so you could just say like, uh, at any point you could just go, hey, I'm going to go ahead and like make a psychic weapon appear in my hand and use it. Right now. Yeah. Whenever would be appropriate for them to use that kind of weapon. Okay. Uh, it does count out that it does not count for how many weapons they're equipped with. And how long do you keep this psychic weapon? Just for the phase? Just for the phase. Every time you want to use it, you have to make that psychic check. Interesting. Okay. But like with a melee weapon, you make all of your attacks with that weapon if you want. Okay. For that phase. Right. Dig it. So, and then when it goes to your opponent's turn, you can make that check again in his assault phase if you're still in that combat. Dang. But, yeah. Uh, telepathy is one of the big ones I hear people throwing around just because reactions are so, like, integral, this edition, to, like, what you're doing. Turning them off is real powerful, come to find out. Mm. And then just... Whether you're using the power to turn it off or you're turning off reactions because that unit is now pinned. Just shutting people down, dude. Yeah. Uh, there's also some other fun ones. There's uh, telekinesis can make a telekine dome in your movement phase. So a lot of the psychic powers, I really like. They've got two different effects. You can choose to not take a check and get the like lesser effect. Mm-hmm. Or you can roll that leadership test and get a better effect. Okay. So if your opponent does have a bunch of like psychic nullification stuff that doesn't just outright turn stuff off, but like say you're under like you're next to curves and you've got that fear three, right? Like it gives you an option to like, okay, well it doesn't make me useless. I still have the like lesser version I can do. So like, for example, the telekine dome uh, in your movement phase, you can put up where all models within eight inches get a six up invul against anything from outside eight inches. But if he makes a check first, it goes to a four up. Okay. Now, if he like, if he moves, if he shoots, if he does anything like that, it does turn it off. Okay. And you do that at the start of your movement phase. So he basically plants and makes a eight inch radius bubble that works kind of like a void shield used to like for a void shield generator. Yeah. I was just thinking that that's exactly what I was thinking. So the way that one works, any unit in there gets the benefit. And this vehicle or infantry any unit. So if the back of your rear saber is in that, all of your sabers get that invul. Okay. You protect. Yeah. You protect. <laughs> uh, the the one the other weapon he gets is like a uh, heavy one, sunder, strength eight, AP four, three inch blast. Okay. 
So the psychic weapons you do have to test for, they don't have a lesser version, but the other powers kind of do that. Pyromancy, you place a strength six AP4 template. If you make your check, you get three templates like that. I think they're five inch. Strength six AP4, what's the range? Uh, 24 inches. Hmm. No rending, no special like that? Nothing like? Uh, no, sir. Okay. I mean, it's not horrible. It's not great. Uh, in melee, it's a strength six AP3. A bunch of cool stuff like uh, pyromantic desolation. Uh, it just puts a three inch blast into the combat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so this is like a, a flame sword. Yeah. Yeah. It just like makes fire in the combat. Deal with it. Okay. It still plays, it's AP3. So pretty nasty. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not like, it, it's not as stellar as like turning off of reactions and pinning stuff. But if you want to like blow stuff up with your mind, it's a really cool power. Uh, divination can give a unit precision shots and precision strikes. Any unit? Yeah. Any unit. It's a six up. If you make your check, it's a five up. Now, if you fail your check, it doesn't go to the lesser version. You get nothing. So either you can choose to take the six up or you can test to see if you get the five up. Wait. So the le- the the regular powers that are not psychic weapons, most of them have two effects. A uh-huh. lesser effect that you don't have to check to do. And you can just give a unit precision shots whenever you want. Uh, instead of making a shooting attack you give it to a friendly unit within 12 inches and they have it until the beginning of your next turn. So they have that for reactions. So your sabers can start sniping people with their assault cannons. Or my bell predators. Bell predators can start sniping people with their assault cannons. Wow. In every phase. It's like, oh, it's like I have precision shots until my next turn. Until your next turn. That is pretty gross, dude. Yeah. Uh, We were joking about like, Locker was talking about doing like a, a bunch of predators. And we're like, hey, how would you like to snipe somebody to auto cannon? How would you like to your, your strength eight? Yeah, use that to put put a wound where you want it to go. Now keep in mind, your opponent gets to pick which pool he wants to resolve first. He doesn't have to go with the precision ones first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but if he does, you can pick where the rest of them go. Interesting. Uh, the biomancy one, you can pump a unit's strength by plus one. Uh, if you choose to take a check and you succeed, you pump their strength and toughness by plus one. It is unclear if that stacks with multiple librarians. So you can make like a super buff, like just chonk squad, like Bane style, just, just like about to explode. Up, uh, and then the, the psychic weapons they get, the biomancy one is a strength 10 AP4 rending. Melee attack. So just like a super not armor piercing thunder hammer. It's not great. It's not great. But it's a cool option. And then everyone gets etheric lightning, which is like 18 inches, strength three, AP four, assault four, force. So because this one's not technically a psychic, doesn't have the psychic weapon rule, you don't have to test for it. But you can test for it to double it to strength six. Okay. So it, it's cool stuff. Librarians get a lot of cool stuff. Uh, you can kind of like workshop them a little bit. Uh, thaumaturgy, you can restore wounds to non-vehicles. Okay. That seems very specific to... 
Yeah, I'm just kind of like going over them. I think I touched on everyone except for Thaumaturgy. Okay. Man, I'm kind of very interested in that precision shot one, especially with like... I know, right? Now that I know... Uh, now that we know how powerful precision shots are. And squadrons are four tanks and not three tanks. So you just go, hey guys. Like, all right, so how many power fists in the unit, Derek? All right, cool. Uh, not anymore. <laughs> Get them out, please. <laughs> please. Thank you. Please remove them. <laughs> kind, would you kindly remove them from my table? Precision shots. Five up, please. And and that's on hit to hit roll, right? Yes. When you get that to your to hit roll, it then separates your separates your hits into two different pools. Excellent. Your hits with precision and your hits without precision. I want all of these to go on. And then because they're assault cannons, they have rending. Yeah. So you roll one of those pools and so, that gets separated into two pools. <laughs> yeah. And then you roll your other pool. So you'll have rends that are precise, rends that are not precise, precision shots that do not rend, and shots that neither precise nor rend. Yeah, a lot of color dice. So you get four different pools, and then I, the defender, pick which one of those I want to resolve. You let me know. Yeah. That's very cool. And underutilized currently. I wasn't even considering it. And then, like, uh, it's just a console. Like, is there any, like, limitations on, like, what a librarian could take as far as, like, war gear? Uh, not, not as much as there are limitations on who can take librarians. Oh, so some people can't take librarians. Space wolves can't take librarians. Embarrassing. They do have a replacement and no. he can take certain psychic, uh, psychic disciplines. Like I think he can take biomancy, telepathy and divination, or he can take the special one. Space wolves get white scars, take a special one. I think that also locks them out of regular librarians, but similarly, he can also pick from a bunch of the common schools. Uh, Thousand Sons, I think your Praetor can pick a basic school if you upgrade him to be a librarian or to be a uh, psyker. Mm. So is it possible that uh, uh, Thousand Sons are like could be extra dirty again like they were and we're just not using them or people aren't using them that way? So a lot of them lost their access to like the psychic powers that everybody else gets. Instead, they just get their cult arcana. Okay. So having like people using psychic, like full-blown psychic powers aren't going to be as prevalent. Instead, they have their own little like sub arcanas, which I think do take psychic check to use, but they're like their own specific thing. Like uh, reroll hits of one if they make their psychic check this turn. Oh, okay. So nothing crazy. They're not. Yeah. They, they really super reined, pinning a unit. Yeah. They reined in a lot of the thousand suns, like psychic terrorism. <laughs> That's because, a very good way to put it. Uh, well, a lot of it just slowed the game down. And thankfully, a lot of the Thousand Suns players that I've played knew that and did what they could. To, like, similarly to how, like, I play quickly with my 120 Space Wolves because I know it's going to take a while. They did the same thing. They would have flashcards, whether they bought the 7th edition ones or made, like, printed up their own. So that, okay, generating powers. I've got this school. Here's the six. Shuffle them up. This one, this one, and this one. Cool. I'm going to pull them from my pile where I know where they're at. And I still have the ones I've got, I've, like the, the six that I don't have to pull out a, another set and just go and just keep the cards with the unit. So I, the opponent, know what's going on. But yeah, you don't have to do a whole lot of that now. Now it's a lot easier. You just pick your power. Yeah, easy enough. Your guy knows what he knows and it doesn't change every game. But as far as the librarian as a console... Uh, they can replace a power weapon with a force weapon for free. And they can take a psychic hood for 15 points, which they could not do last edition. And what's the psychic hood do? This 
this time around. Uh, I thought it just give, gives you like adamantium will four up, which is a, an invul save you can take against psychic powers and uh, perils of the warp. Okay. But honestly, I haven't looked it up that well or haven't looked it up that recently. I kind of like made a note of it and then just didn't pay attention to it ever again. But uh, that's actually super wrong. Okay. He <laughs> just has his like five up refractor field. But any enemy model within 18 inches and line of sight of a model with a psychic hood reduces its leadership by two when making psychic checks. Eh, okay. Yeah. So it's not cute. 15 points? For 15 points. God dang. What are you doing? I guess. I think, I, I don't know. I might have just been wishlisting and gave it Adamantium Will as well. I might have been confused with some of the Space Wolf stuff. I think they've got like the special Space Wolves armor. It gives you plus one wound and Adamantium Will. Dang, 15 points. That's a, what's up, librarian? Would you like this psychic hood in case you find another psychic? It's like, other psychics exist? I don't know, maybe. Uh, or for 15 points. <laughs> you can take Melt-A-Bombs. <laughs> what, what do you want to do? You want to kill tanks or maybe you might see another psyker? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe you make it a little bit harder for him to make that. <laughs> God, but you got to be really close to them, so probably not going to happen. You're not going to have a psychic off. But other than that, anything a Centurion can take, he can take. I think I think that should be five points, but either way. Probably. Maybe even two points. <laughs> he can have that. Just give it to him for free. <laughs> or he can have two lightning claws. <laughs> yeah. That's... Either way. I mean, who knows? Maybe psychics are about to just get really Maybe gross. Maybe everybody's going to hear this and they're going to pop off with all these psychers. I'm going to pop off a psyker. I promise you that. You get precision shots on all these boys? Yeah. He's going to have a jump pack, too. He can have a jump pack. He can have a bike. Lightning claws. He can have a jet bike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the way, baby. <laughs> You know, in case you wanted to never take cover saves. I'm making make jet bike invisible, too. He's just going to be just floating, like, with his arms out <laughs> yeah. and his shit. With a, with a speepy stem in an awkward place and a flight stand underneath him. <laughs> Don't let his mama see that. It's like, what is that? It's a psychic jet bike. <laughs> it's there. Yeah, uh, obviously it's a psychic jet bike. What do you know? <laughs> so... That'd be dope. But yeah, man. I, I think they're underutilized. There's cool stuff you can do with them, man. I'm going to stay up all night thinking about what I could do with a, a librarian now. What about uh, like as far as like Lord of Wars? Like you're just cool to just like cast a normal psychic power and all that jazz? Any okay. unit. Okay. Like even like uh, like allies? Uh, you want me to read specifically the divination one? The, the one that gives you precision shots? Because I'll tell you. No, I just want to make sure it's not like a... Like allies, that's not like one of the weird things where like you can't cast psychic powers on each other. So with that's allies, illegal. okay, that's a very good thing to bring up. With allies, they're only treated as friendly units if they are sworn brothers. Okay. So you look at your allies matrix. If they got that little gold skull, you're clear. <coughs> Bless you. Excuse me. Okay. No, I was curious about that because like you can do some like wonky stuff. Like let's say you're like a solar ox player. Titans specifically are immune to it. Like. All psychic powers? Yeah. That's part of the uh, towering monstrosity and uh, god machine, I think. Tower monstrosity is only on the warlord, so. Yeah. It's somewhere in there where uh, titans are just not affected by psychic powers. No buff in them. It might be in the core titan rules. I'm not familiar. It has never come up. 
Okay. I honestly never came up. We'll have more answers for you guys. I am curious if like you can, uh, uh, essentially take a space Marine librarian in a solar ox and just say like, and you're badass now and you got precision shots on, you know, or take a Davenite lodge priest. Yeah. And they could just have all the same psychic powers that I don't know about space that Marine one specifically. You, uh, your entry will tell you what they're allowed to take. A regular librarian can take any of the ones from the core book. Uh, Esoteris can take the malefic or sanctic power that he gets, or I think he can pick from like three. Uh huh. But there, yeah, your unit entry will tell you if you've got some weird, like specific stuff. The Davenite Lodge Priest is in the legacies of the Solar Ox. I don't know. Like I saw that as an option for, for demons. Cause they specifically like the bound demons of the rune storm look for psychers. And that's how they like can come in. Interesting. Or are you need Once your psychers, like once you lose them, then your demons like lose their strength, lose their power. Okay. Cause you have to make psychic checks to deploy demons to the battlefield. Okay. Which that maybe would be a good time to have your psychic hood around. That's a good, that's a good 15 points. If you're within 18 inches. Yeah, I'd get there. We'll drop pot in on you. I mean, not when they start deploying on the table. Oh, okay. We'll see. So, either way, uh, I appreciate the librarian school that you took us to. Just a, a quick little rundown. I, I'd have been a little more prepared, but we just kind of decided, like, hey, let's let's talk about this a little bit. Let's let's go into it. I think you did great. Thank I you. think everybody would agree that you get the win great. I think you gave us all like a, a taste, but the rest of the, like you taught the class, but we do need to do some homework and yeah. read some chapters. Yeah. When, when you, when you find out what I did wrong, like what I just was completely wrong about, then you'll know. Yeah. That's what it's here for. Thank We're you. here to get you excited. Right or wrong. <laughs> yeah. You know, just get the, get the creative juices flowing, get you thinking about what you can do with a librarian and what a librarian can do for you. Just don't go model one up yet until you read for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that being said, uh, we do have our interview with powerful, powerful artisans of all. Oh yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Let's go ahead and kick you guys over to that. Hell yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, as promised, we have our interview with powerful artisans of all, AKA Neil. What's going on, Neil? Oh man, yeah, no, good. Pretty late here, but uh, yeah, across the pond. I absolutely appreciate you taking the time to uh, be a part of this Fabricators of the Heresy series, man. Uh, you know, whenever I kind of dumped all this information in the Discord, I said, hey man, what creators do you want me to get a hold of? Like, so who are these third-party manufacturers you want us to talk to? Your name came up multiple times. It was like artisans of all, artisans of all, artisans of all. I was like, all right, man. I was like, absolutely. We got to get this guy on. And, uh, you know, I, I obviously I had already, you know, downloaded a number of your digital assets. I'm a part of your Patreon. Um, and, you know, as a part of that, I, I found out that you actually had these kind of like 3D classes. Once I joined the Patreon, you know, I kind of like rolled around. You have these 3D classes. I'm like, man, that sounds super counterintuitive to somebody who's like making 3D models to like give away the juice. Right. And so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's like it, it's kind of something that started out of nowhere. Like pretty much I got into the 3D design bit just to do stuff for me, like there's almost no rhyme or reason for the stuff that I put online, which is probably like, 
I'm so, sort of like the worst patron to follow and maybe the best because I'll simultaneously show you how to build all the stuff that I'm doing. So you don't need to follow my patron anymore. What's the point? So I'll just like people just sort of go away being like, yeah, I've got this now. It's fine. Um, and at the same time, like I'm just putting so much random stuff on there because if it's something that I want, then I'll make it. Um, like, and I don't work for any sort of company or anything like that well other than me just throwing out stuff for myself so uh I, I just sort of do ran whatever i'm into at the moment like i just threw up some uh lancers which are like jet bikes with uh with big huge lances that can be added onto the gw ones because i was like i'm doing white scars or i want to do some white scars if i ever get time to paint things so that's what's up um and yeah so it's, it's really sort of nice that people have actually started sort of like there's been a lot of interest from people and it's been so awesome to get that support from people when I'm just doing the things that I want to do, like, and just throwing it up. That was kind of one of the things that, uh, and it's really in like, there, there's followers that you follow, like on, on Colts or things like that, where they almost get that G-dub aesthetic, you know, <laughs> it's like, it doesn't, it's a little awkward. It's like, man, it kind of looks like this, but like you follow like if you put something on, you look at that model and you go, man, this looks like a hundred percent something that is like part of this group. This looks like something that's supposed to fit in here. And, uh, so when I see things like that, I, I wonder myself like this guy's definitely been in the, in the business for a while. He has to have, right? Like, this is something that, <laughs> tell me, man, tell, tell me what, a. uh, uh What's your background in G-Dub? Because it feels like you've been a gamer for a while. So I, I, I started playing G-Dub, uh, like I'm 37. So I started playing G-Dub when I was eight. So uh, it's it's been a while. Like I started at the tail end of second edition. Um, so like, I'm, I love the fluff. I love the background. And that's sort of what I like. When you get something, you're like, I want it to be loyal to that background in a way, but I want to put my own spin on it or do something that I want to do. And I think that's probably why people do like a lot of my models, because, like, there is nothing that I've made that is not something that I'm printing out for me to use. So it's going to fit. Like, it'll it better fit, and it's going to look right, and I generally don't put it out until it looks right, because, like, I, I, I want to use it. So, uh Yeah. And is that kind of what the, like, is, is your, is your time, cause your timeline of models is everywhere, right? Like it's, it's, yeah. it's one of those yeah, things yeah. where it's just kind of like, all right, cool. You know, he's got these, uh, sweet, sweet, you know, Spartan, you know, side sponsors. He's got these sweet predator side sponsors. And then it's like, oh, by the way, here's a Typhon triplasma that just, it's, 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 it's everywhere, you know? Yes, I, I I bought that last week, so I'm gonna make something for it. Basically, is my is my schedule. It's like I I want to do this. This is this is on my list. Uh, it's what I want to play with. Or I'm looking at a unit. And I think that looks really cool. I've got to get something to add to that. Or like you like plastic breaches. That's definitely not happening, man. I'm gonna make my own version <laughs> of something with a boarding shield. Like because this is just not happening. Like there's been like five events and i've been waiting for them to announce something and it's not happening so you know what i'm making my own i'm done like <laughs> that's pretty much my sort of design schedule for anything and like a lot of my early stuff was i mean my earliest earliest stuff was for epic um because like uh, as far as i'm concerned epic uh armageddon is the best game gw has ever produced it's like they're close to perfect game it's like simple but in depth and the gameplay is just perfect and uh basically i i was playing that when 
you just couldn't get hold of anything. Um, so I started making things for that. Um, and this was back when you couldn't buy a 3D printer. So I was doing it with, um, oh, there was an online company, uh, Shapeways in like the US. Oh, so post yeah. was a nightmare. The, the printing cost like a tiny Epic tank was like five pounds to print it. But I was like, screw it, I'm going to do it. And then I learned to cast in resin um just at home and that was probably my like my bi first biggest thing was like casting some of my own things in resin and that i designed and just chucking them on ebay and i was like oh this actually just paid for some hobby like i just bought an army off the back of this that's sweet like so uh yeah uh so it sort of started there and then suddenly you could buy a 3d printer and i was like this this is gonna be great like this is this is the best thing that's ever happened to the hobby 3d printers man this is gonna be awesome um and I wasn't quite expecting it to kick off the way it did. And then I sort of moved from um, uh, a free product called SketchUp, which is meant for architecture. And um, that was not fun to use. Like, <laughs> it's a great program if you're doing architecture. As soon as you're doing anything that's not architecture, it's like hitting your head against a wall. And uh, I was a bit late to the party in things like Blender, um, which is what I mainly sculpt on. And uh, it was just like, oh, God, I've got to learn this, like fast <laughs> so um we just went on youtube and was just learning off of all these people on youtube doing sort of cg design for computer games or like other computer graphics and just trying to work out how to apply this to making models for 3d printing and i was like man this is like this is not tough but it takes time like you're just playing around with things and realizing certain things don't work or they're doing something for rendering but rendering doesn't show on a 3d printer or people like the most simple one which i've always talk say is like don't use the shade smooth function because it just hides all of the edges of stuff and you'll see those when you print it but you can't see it on a cg like graphic so you have to put lots and lots of vertices and stuff in like that so I was just like, man, if I, I've learned loads online, but I've also had a bit of a grind. So if I can just speed that up for people, go for it. And to be, to be honest, if like if no one bought my stuff because they've learned how to do it themselves in Blender, like that for me would be great. Like I'd have no issue with that because, like I said, I'm just making stuff for me anyway, and then putting it on because I know people want. Like some people want it, or some maybe people won't want it. Who like it's really random the things that some people like go really popular, and some things people just like uninterested in and i was like but everyone would love this this is this is my dream i thought this was gonna be great <laughs> but um yeah if if no one needs my uh design services because everyone can do it themselves then like that's that's the dream for me because like yeah make it yourself it's it's such a great addition to the hobby like when i was like again i started when i was eight like converting was awesome like when i found one of those little art shops that shop like sold all the plaster card and stuff I was like, oh my God, I think I dropped like 200 quid in like a week, like buying oh, yeah. all of the stuff and just chucking everything together and like making things. And I was like, this is the best thing that could have happened. I can make my own stuff. And then Blender came out and I was like, no, 3D printing. That That is the best thing that's happened to the hobby. Like, oh my God. That is, uh, and really, you know, you kind of go back and you said, you know, you went to YouTube, you learned a lot of this stuff from actually YouTube itself. And it's, it's so crazy because, you know, th that was kind of one of the big things. Like, look, I want to learn Blender. I want to learn 3D modeling. Let me go ahead and go to YouTube. And you're right. There is so much stuff out there that is, you know, oh, this is for uh, this is for making like video games or this is for making. And what's so perfect about your content 
is your content is Blender for designing miniatures for the war game that I play. And so like, you'll go in there, you're like, Hey, you know, these kind of, uh, this, uh, you know, the, the Legion vehicles kind of have this aesthetic to them. They'll have this panel line that are just random. Here's a randomer, like randomizer brush, you know, like, or, or, you know, here's how you make these kind of uh, rivets that you see on all. And you just like, it's, it's one of those things where, cause I get asked all the time, you know, you know, I do some 3d model, definitely not the level you do, but I'm the same way where I will go and make something specific for my tanks and just go toss it off on, on the Colts, you know, and then eventually it bought another tank just cause people like my fuel tanks or, you know, my turret yeah. or whatever. Um, but it, there's so much stuff out there where, you know, I'm going in hard mode and I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and try and make these little panel lines and all this jazz. And you go, Hey, here's a tutorial on how to make that exact thing. And there's so many people that ask me, there's like, Hey, how do you 3d model? You know, what are you doing? And it's like, man, it's like, I can't even put into words how to make this easy for you. But this guy, Artisan Evolve, he has full-blown classes that you can learn exactly how to make that tank or this upgrade part just to get the general idea. And it's like you structure everything where it's like, okay, we're going to learn this one thing for 30 minutes, right? Just practice on this one thing, get this down. And once you got that down, you'll apply it someday in the future, right? And yeah. so you can just go back and you, you work on something like, like just, you know, yesterday or today, you know, I was talking to you about a, a capelet, right? And I was like, okay, yeah. I was like, okay, let me go and see how I can get this done. The, the second video on there was how you were teaching somebody how to make capes. I'm like, oh, this is exactly what I need for this exact scenario that I'm running into right now. And so kind of that is like, you don't really like, you probably do realize it's extremely valuable to our community because it is exactly how to make pieces for the game we play. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to be like, I, because I started the channel, what, like last, not this Christmas, the Christmas before. And I kind of just did it because I was helping someone out. Um, can't remember what they wanted. I think they, they wanted like a chain gun. And I think that was one of the first videos I put out. They just wanted a chain gun. And they were like, this is killing me, dude. Like, it, it just looks off every single time I do it. Like, the, just the, the angle isn't quite right. Or the space isn't quite right. And I was like, this isn't that bad. Let me just make you a video to do it. And I, like, downloaded some software that was hideous um, <laughs> and, like, threw together how to do this. And he was like, you should just throw this online on YouTube. And I was like, I, I don't know anything about YouTube. This seems like it's probably going to be an absolute pain to do it. And actually, it was relatively simple. I was like, okay, yeah, I, I can stick with this. Um, that was my biggest, like, people kept being saying, you've got to start a Patreon, man. Like, I'll give you, like, you do so much, I'll throw some money at you for, like, Patreon would be the easiest way to do it. And I was like, I, I dread how difficult this is going to be to set up. So I'm just, I'll just leave it. And eventually, like, over, I think it was the next Christmas, I was like, right, I've got a bit of time. Like, I'll I'll have a look at how bad this is. And it was fine. Um, but that's the way the channel starts. And I honestly wasn't expecting much because I was like, 3D design is fairly niche. And, like... 3D design for 3D printing is even more niche. And then you add that it's for 40K, yep. but you could probably apply it to other things. Like, you get a lot of people doing mech stuff. And I was like, this is like a niche within a niche within a niche. I'm going to have like 10 people following me. And that's fine. Like, it really didn't bother me. I was like, I, I'll, whatever happens, it'll be it'll be fine. And if no one finds it interesting, that's cool. Um, and actually, loads of people are like, yeah, this is great. Cheers. Um, that was really, really nice. And there's a lot of people that still do it for like CG work. They're just like, I quite like the way you explain it. You're quite method methodical in what you're doing. And I'm like, okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah. No, the... 
the community's been absolutely amazing with the channel. Like, so many people have just been, like, pop in and comment and say, like, oh, man, you've just really helped with this. Or, like, on Instagram, you just get tagged into something with people being like, look, this, this I totally learned from this guy on YouTube. Like, check him out. And you're like, thanks. That's, like, people are so generous with their, like, taking the time to add in little comments for you and to sort of show other people where your channel is. Honestly, it's, it's really great. It shows the best side of the community. Absolutely, man. It's, it's wild to me how kind of, uh, I guess how quickly the entire community has kind of adopted 3d printing and things like that. And it's just, it's one of those things where it's, uh, especially like in the, in your case, you have a lot of, Hey, if you have an official GW model, this is how you would upgrade that model. And so it's not like taking, you know, you're not doing these like full renditions of this is a replacement for this model. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, a upgrade part to a plastic kit that does not exist to enhance it. Is that kind of driven by kind of the, some of the, I know you're in the UK and I know kind of the rules are a little stricter in the UK for, for things that you can I'm, do. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest. I like, I, I don't quite know where uh, at some point I'm going to probably get myself in trouble. And actually some people have told me that what I'm doing with doing like little add-ons to bits might even be making me more likely to get myself in trouble. Um, because if I just made something from scratch and was like, this is A, and I insert some ridiculous name for it, then I've got a lot, like, a lot of the the 40K stuff is so, gen like, relatively generic that you could probably get away with it. And loads of loads of companies do that produce a lot more stuff than I do. They, like, they get away with it fine, so it's obviously fine to do it. Whereas, like, when you're adding something to a kit, like, it, in my mind, like, 3D printing's great because... Like I know some people are like it's gonna kill Games Workshop. We're gonna get them, and you're like, like one, why would you want to? Two, really, like get a grip. Um, <laughs> but I'm just like, well, I want to add this part. Like for me, it's like a conversion. Like I want to convert my bits. Like before 3D printing, I'd convert stuff up. I'd like add capes. I'd add different weapons. I'd add like little bits of rope and things like that. Like I wanted my stuff to look different to everyone else's. So this is just a sort of add-on to that. I want my army to be unique. Um, I don't know. It it might be that I'm probably putting myself in more of a position to get in trouble than less. I, I honestly don't know. And if one day someone comes along and goes, you can't do this, and I go, okay, well, legally, I, I if I'm in the wrong, then I'm in the wrong. And I start need, start need to make kits that are just like, oh, fine, I'll just make something that's totally my own. Then... I'll do that. But I mean, my way of looking at it is I don't want to like be the, I'm not like, let's kill games workshop. Like screw them guys. Like they make a load of background that I really like and I really enjoy and I want to play the games and I want that to carry on. So why would I like, I'm going to make something. Yeah. Okay. You've got to go and buy the plastic kit to be able to add this to it. Yeah, like, exactly. what, what's the problem with that? Like that, that's fine. Like, I shouldn't be, I don't need to take sales from games workshop. Like why, why would I want to do that? That's exactly the way, you know, that's exactly the way my position is as well. You know, especially, you know, it's, Oh, you want, uh, you want your predator to look like an old predator. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're going to first need a predator. Uh, and then not even a, you know, not even a 3d model predator. This only fits a, like a games workshop plastic. It's like this, this is a very specific type of model this fits on. Right. And then, 
You know, it's like I was thinking the other day, it's like, man, it's like the Typhon was not a very popular model, right? Like the Typhon was not, people weren't running out to buy this thing. And now we have this like crazy triplasma. I was like, I'm going to get a Typhon specifically for that thing. <laughs> like that's, that's so freaking cool. It's, it's on the way. Right. So it, there's, there's so much stuff out there that just kind of, you know, and for people out there, you know, kind of like me, I'm a big, uh, accessory guy. You know, I like my stuff to look yeah. different, you know, it's why I did the fuel tanks, right? I did the dozer blades, you know, you do everything. I did the special sponsons, you know, it's, it's one of those things where people just want their stuff to stand out from everybody else's. And I think there really shouldn't be any reason why someone shouldn't get the chance to do that. Right. It's kind of one of those, let that freedom of expression happen. It's not taking money from anybody. It's actually uh, making money for the parent company. So I don't see the harm in it either. Also, everyone's got their, like, everyone's got their point of like nostalgia. Like that, that predator only came about because that was, that was the first tank I bought. Like uh, that second ed metal predator, uh, destructor i think it was the one with the auto cannon um and i was like i want to be able to make that tank like like that's what i want like it was the first tank i ever bought why would i not want this or like i read something in a book like one of the gw novels and you're like that was awesome like i want that awesome like weird tech where you're like i love plasma weapons they're really cool like why would I not want a plasma weapon on this massive great tank? Like other things, like have a plasma weapon on it. You can get a storm blade that's got a plasma weapon on a on a like bane blade hull, which is now crap. But like that aside, <laughs> like you, like why would why wouldn't I want that? I want that gun, so I'm gonna make it. So you actually play Horus Heresy? So I mean, I, the... I'm, I'm perfectly honest, I have not played the game of Second Ed. Like I like so like this is. As I said, this is just a hobby. Like, I'm a teacher. Like, I have so little free time. It's just insane. So, like, I, I think I've painted, like, I've painted 20 Marines for, for Heresy. That is it. And, like, I've not got a proper gaming because I haven't made a full a full list yet. Um, Like, I want to play it. But at the moment, like, I'll be playing Epic or we'll play some Blood Bowl online, oh. which sort of started during lockdown or, like, that. that was, like, the big lockdown thing, like, Let's go and play some Blood Bowl. Like, we've got nothing else to do. We, we will drink most nights and we'll play Blood Bowl, which was, uh, like, I mean, it was great. It was it, it was definitely the way to pass the time. But, man, like, I, I think I looked at my, like, time played blood, time played on Blood Bowl on Steam, and it was some hideous amount of hours. I was like, <laughs> ooh, ooh, that, that, was, that was a lot of lockdown. Um, but, yeah, like, I do need to play some Heresy. Um because yeah it, it looks like a great game but uh like i'll still if i have a choice i'll probably end up playing a game of epic because that's that's in my opinion the best games the best system games workshop has made i'd probably actually say it's the best system for a tabletop game that i've played is epic armageddon it's it's like the perfect game i would say nearly <laughs> well if you're if you're uh if you're any if you have any luck on your side it sounds like it's right around the corner from some of the uh, some of the rumor mills that we've seen coming out. So, I, oh man, I, I it's one of those things where I'm so excited but also filled with dread. But at the same time, like the online community for Epic Armageddon is so big, like it's so self-run at this point. Like just having miniatures that are easy to get hold of would be like absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, so that'd be really cool. 
I've never seen anybody talk so passionately about Epic. And so like, this seems like, honestly, it's, it's, it's like the, the hidden game. Like it's, it's one of the specialist games. Like if you find someone that loves a specialist game, like any of them, like Mordheim or Battlefleet Gothic, and you get them into it, like generally those games, people love them so much because they've sort of reached a perfect, almost like a perfect place now because they've been around such a long time and they've never changed. Um, and the community's done things to sort of fix all the little bits that are broken. You don't have like, like I don't know, let's say heresy where you've got like certain factions or certain like um, legions where you're like, how how is how is this legion's trait balanced with this one? This isn't even close. Like, what 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 is going on here? How were you thinking this was fair? Um, and there's no extra points involved. Like, you don't have that with. Um, sorry, I'm a little salty about some of the Legion no. rules where you look Keep at them and you're coming. like, Keep what the coming. hell is this? <laughs> uh, like, because uh, I mean, originally, like, the first thing I ever modeled on Blender was some um, some early edition Terminators that will not get named for copyright reasons. Oh, yeah. Um, and I painted them up as Imperial Fists. And I was like, I'm going to do Imperial Fists. And then I got the book through and read the rules and was like, these guys are broken as hell. I'm going to get absolutely ripped apart by my friends. Like, I'll, I'll be absolutely slaughtered for, for having this Legion um, because it's just, like, the best rules, the, some of the best units. I was like, I can't do this Legion. It's, like, I generally try to handicap myself anyway because, like, this is the bit that I find difficult about Heresy. Like, I also play, like, let's say, Magic as well. I used to play. Oh, okay. And, like, a big part of Magic and a big part of, like, any games virtual game is like you want to build your list and you want your list to be really good but you don't want to be that guy that's taken like 10 dreadnoughts uh in like current heresy and you're just a dick so like you don't want to be that guy so i i went white scars i was like i mean their legion trades they get an extra one inch of movement they're not getting much from this though they do get to reroll to go first which probably is really powerful but really boring like the whole idea of that is like i hate this i, I don't th i'm not sure if i'll ever use that trait um but i was like it gives me a handicap from this point on i can try and make my list as like good as i want it to be while being in character like i don't know if jet bikes are good i don't think jet bikes are very good um but like I can do that and it'll be fine because I've picked something that's handicapping me to begin with. And if someone goes, dude, this is like an outrageous list. then I'll be like, okay, maybe I need to change something, but I like to try and make, like, I want to make competitive in inverted commas list, but at the same time, I don't want to be that guy where you like, you don't want to play them because like, that's, that's not fun for anyone. Like walking into a game and coming out turn two when it's taking you an hour and a half to set up your army. Like no one wants that. Like on both sides, why would anyone want to do that? So uh, yeah, so I try to handicap myself just by giving myself a different list. I get it. it... You never have to do that in Epic. Like Epic, it's so well balanced. You just don't need to do that. And that's true for a lot of the specialist games now. I would say there there are some exceptions, but like it's it's a lot of fun to do things like that. So yeah, uh, like yeah, I. I've, I think I've got somewhere in the region of like 10 to 15 people into Epic quite heavily at different points because like I'll, I'll just grab out an army and be like, let's do an intro game. You're going to love this game. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrified of the way you're talking about Epic right now because there is a, it's a slippery slope, right? I've, uh, uh, I, I, I got really caught up in Titanicus after uh, reading Mortis 
And it was, it's just like, it's, it's right there, right? There's kind of like a, you know, I don't mind playing with these littler models. You know, I don't mind, you know, kind of uh, how some of this stuff works. And you casually just look at, you know, when you're looking at stuff to print for your, uh, for your Titanicus models, it accidentally pops up. It's like, oh, here's a epic size, like Falchion. Or, <laughs> and it's like, well, I wouldn't mind a little baby Falchion. I don't need a big giant Falchion. It's like, I don't know, man. I, I <laughs> And then now you're now you're telling it, me that like years of erosion on the rules have like made it this perfect game, you know? <laughs> it's it's such it's honestly. I mean, it depends what you want. Like some people love like um like some people love to be like I'm playing a game uh and like I'm going to do my whole turn and I can just sit in the chair and be like, "Yeah, okay, you just go." And you'll never do that in like like epic. Like the thing that I love about it is like you you only move one detachment and then your opponent so it's like i go you go it's alternating activations and it makes it such an intense thing where you're like oh my god what like if i do this he's gonna do that and like it turns it a little bit more like not stressful but like strategically intense um and you can do really clever things like i'm gonna leave this unit till last not because it's the most powerful but because everyone's going to ignore it and then it's going to be able to like try and jump on that objective and you feel like that like stealthy sort of thing because everyone can do it it's like there's like the worst thing you ever have in a game is where you're playing something and either you go aha i've got you with this rule that you didn't even know was there (laughs) or someone does it back to you and you're like either i feel like they're a dick or i feel like i'm a dick like no one likes that whereas in epic everyone's playing by the same thing like the the rules for armies are like minutely different but perfectly characterful and that's what makes it so good. Like, it's it's just simple, but so effective. Like, when GW at the moment is, like, really publicizing the new 40K, and they're, like, simple, but not, like, what are they, like, simpler, but not simple, or something like yeah, that. That's yeah. that's what Epic is. Like, it just takes everything and makes it, like, just so characterful for everything. Like, you play, an Ep- you play a, like, Marines, and they feel like Marines. Like, it's not an army where you're sitting there being like, yes, I've got my three up save. So I'm more resilient than you are. Actually, they've got way less troops. So actually they're generally less resilient, but they hit like an absolute sledgehammer and they're really quick and they just hit you in one place. And they like, feel like they do in the fluff. Like my favorite series of books to read from GW, I say books is actually the Taros campaign book from Forge World and the Vrats books. Yes, Those are great. They're so good. Um, the guy, oh, I've got his name now, Andy something. Like he writes military strategy books, um, and since doing that, he's gone on and made a World War Two strategy game, which is absolutely brilliant as well. Um, called Battle Group, and like he writes these campaign books that are about real conflicts uh, and turning like history into not quite a novel, but like. and those books come from that you can really feel them they like they feel like a military campaign and there's no like yeah we we decided just like run at each other because like that (laughs) we'll just do that like everything had some strategy behind it and there's this bit in the Vrax books where like the dark angels appear and everyone's like we're saved and they come in like smash this one area grab the things that they want and then fly off again and you're like oh that is what i want my marines to be like they, they're not sticking around. They're going in, getting it, and getting out. And that's what, like, they feel like in Epic. And then the Imperial Guard feel like this slowly, like, stomping forward advance. And you're like, 
yes, this is what I want this army to feel like. If I'm picking up, if I'm picking up a guard army, I want it to feel like a guard army. Um, and that's what's really cool about it. And I think that's also the sort of appeal for heresy. Like, theoretically, like, all the Marine Legions should be fairly on par and balanced because they've all got mostly the same units. And it's got that historical, like, I know it's not historical, but it's got that historical feel about it where you're like, this has some quite entrenched background of, like, how these legions play. Like, you kind of want to do that. So you sort of know, you should know what you're getting when you walk into it. Um, but, yeah, if if the rumours are true and they're doing epic and it's for heresy, like, that's the size of battles I want to be playing. Like, yeah. I want ten, like, I want a thousand guys, like, fighting with, like, squadrons of fellblades and thunderhawks flying overhead. Like, that's what I want my games to feel like. Like, uh, like when I was younger, you'd like go to like mega battles and things like that. I don't think I've done, I haven't done that in years because it's just so time prohibitive. But like Epic feels like that every game. And you're like, but it's not like we're setting up four foot away from each other with this massive line and everyone's just basically just going to go towards each other and roll dice. And like, there's not really strategy. Like, <laughs> not that I'm having a go at mega battles or anything. Like, it's a lot of fun, I but you're it. just like, you're just walking towards each other and hitting and that's like, and you're just rolling dice while it's at it. And most of the time you're there because all your mates are there and you're having a great chat and you'll have some tales because some like Titan's going to blow up and take out half the battlefield and it's just going to be hilarious. Like, and you'll go to the pub afterwards and it'll be awesome. Like, Epic, every game's like that, except for, like, it's really, like, bound in strategy. It's great. Love it. Yeah, definitely one of those games where it's like, uh, yeah, I don't ever see why a Titan would be in close combat because it would be across the table, you know, just launching launching attacks from way over there. It has Its guns are way long range. It has no reason to be that close to you. So... I, I definitely see the appeal, man. I've it's a it. Oh, dude, I'm I'm kind of worried about the slippery slope you just let. I, I get it now. <laughs> you said it's like it's like oh yeah, I've got like ten or eleven people playing Epic now. It's like oh, I get why. You just like passionately. Yeah, uh, honestly, it's 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 really good. It's there's, there's or just just to throw this in there. I don't. I I feel like I should be probably promoting my stuff, but I'm just going to promote games that like, are basically dead. Um, but there is like. <laughs> literally a horace heresy epic rule set where like you're just playing heresy stuff but in epic and oh oh it's good it's some good fun the good news is everybody that's listening right now they are as intrigued at this as i am because this is what the podcast is about so they're probably like oh hold on, hold on. what did he say who is that right battle group what's the guy's name andy hold on i gotta get these books right like i i, I promise that's what's happening right now <laughs> so good yeah uh, honestly it's uh absolute like it's so much fun it's so much fun i did have a, a kind of go going back to uh going back to some of your 3d modeling and things like that i was curious about you know th there's kind of a uh i think you were one of the first creators that i saw that essentially you know you know, when I have to model something, right, I have to bust out the calipers and I've got to like, just yep. like pray to God that it fits. Cause then I got to go get it all designed up and then you go and print it and then you just like put it on and then you got like, Oh, I got this one thing wrong because this is in there. Yeah, it's out by half a millimeter. That's not going to happen. That's, that's off. Man, you are one of the first creators I've seen that actually like scans it and then like can fit things in. 
Like, I... to be fair, that is only recently. That is only recently. Most of my stuff was done with calipers, like, and that <laughs> took time. Like, that was that was a painful process. And mo most things were like printed a lot. If if there's something online that's like fits on something, um, it was probably printed about five or six times by me to be like no i'm changing this by half a millimeter and then i'd redo it and then print it again and be like right no I, okay I, this is not much now let's 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 call it a tenth of a millimeter let's try that out and then you change another bit um the the 3d scanner scanning bit only came in because like i i saw a kickstarter and someone's like you might as well you might as well do this and i was like should i and i was and i wasn't going to i literally wasn't going to and then I think it was three days before the end of this Kickstarter, like I won some money on a lottery ticket. Oh like, yes, it's well, that was fate, man. It's a sign. <laughs> it's a sign. I've got to do this. So like threw this in, bought this three D scanner, and was like, yeah, let's let's go for it and see what it's like. Uh, and it's really helpful. It really really does help with the process. But you've still got to go in with you, like. The scanner's really good, but you're still going in with your calipers, like, and being like, let me just double check this. And you'll still have to reprint something again and just change it by, like, half a millimeter. I think there's, like, it, on my Instagram, there's a number of points where I've been like, yeah, I printed it. it it's, it's like, half a millimeter out on this bit, right? I'm redoing it. Give me a day. Because, um, yeah, otherwise it won't fit the way that I want it to fit. And like I said, it will be for my... It's, it's for my stuff. Like, the fact that it's going on Colts is fairly irrelevant to me like that will help me buy something that might will be my next project like that will pay for the typhon and then i'll make the triplasma gun and then that might pay for some jet bikes and then i'll make the jet bikes like that's the only reason it's basically there so i can pay for the next bit um like the patreon's only there because at the moment like the the one tutorial people have asked for loads is how to do trim on curved models like if I was to make a Warhound leg, how would I put trim on that? And I've, it's just, I've tried to record this goddamn video about four <laughs> or five times. Like, and every time I nearly throw my laptop across the room because my laptop just can't take doing that process. It can do it fine when I'm not recording, but at the same time as recording, it just turns into this juddery mess. And at some point, I'm probably just going to do it. I'm, I'm just going to do this thing and then really like, just going to have to do a really awkward cut and be like, You'll just have to take my word for it. This is what I did. And here's the result because I need to get a better, I need to get a better computer to be able to do it at the same time as video. So basically the Patreon was only started up so I can get a better computer to be able to do this goddamn tutorial to show how to do trim. <laughs> hey man, as a member of your Patreon, I absolutely appreciate everything you do and every dime I spend towards getting that laptop is a dime well worth spent, man. I promise. Uh, you could always just like switch to your phone and be like, "Hey, uh, it's it's rendering right now." You hear this? Yeah, uh... yeah, yeah. That's, you know what? I might actually do that and be like, "Look, you'll have to accept this really, really bad quality." Well, at some point, I'll get a decent computer and I'll do this again, and you'll see it and it'll look very pretty. But for now, this is my really bad phone camera. <laughs> that's that's not a Harrier jet. That's my fans on my computer trying to cool itself down right now. I that's honestly I, the, <laughs> one of the biggest things I threw in for was like I need to buy a decent microphone because like I need to and you can still hear the fan on my laptop because it's not a, like my laptop was a fairly good laptop bought before lockdown thank god because otherwise I might have gone insane during lockdown without having things to do when I've like, been able to play blood bowl man 
Yeah, yeah, I've got to play the Blood Bowl. Like, I had to play the Blood Bowl. I couldn't, like, that would have been bad times if I couldn't do that. Might have actually gone even more insane than I did. But, um, yeah, even on my videos now, if I'm doing something high end, you just suddenly hear this, like, in the background of the video, and I'm like, I can't edit that out. It's just going to be there. (laughs) I've heard it. People have to deal with it, man. I say, is that a car going by? No, that's just that's me rendering, it, baby. It, <laughs> it's just the uh, the the print the uh, the the uh, laptop warming up. It's now at like a hundred degrees. I can fry an egg on it. <laughs> that's so awesome. So, I guess we did have some questions. Let me go ahead and double check on this. We I, I did want to see check with the community to kind of see what uh what questions they would have for you. And I think one of the ones, I guess people have seen that you are, uh, uh, or people know that you make epic stuff. Cause there mm. is one of the big questions was, were there any plans for upgrades for flyers or anything aeronautica imperialis? So, um, I hadn't really considered aeronautica too much just because my group doesn't play it a lot. Um, uh, I'm going to be honest, I wasn't a huge fan of the new Aeronautica set, uh, rule set. Uh, I didn't quite like the, te- the the board that it played on. Um, and I actually have some of the original rules, which I actually think are vastly better than the new rules, which are kind of simplified <laughs> down, like, which was quite interesting. Like, um, yeah, it, I don't know. Um, I hadn't really considered it too much because most of the stuff that I'd use for Epic, like the planes are already there um in the aeronautica rule set so i have actually got a load of the aeronautica planes like i don't play the game but i think i bought like three of the box sets of different versions to like have the stuff and god when that plastic thunderhawk came out i was on that in about a second like that was <laughs> refresh, off. refresh, was refresh. Like, bye, bye before it goes out of stock um and i was considering trying to make a thunderhawk transporter at some point and never got around to it um it'd be quite a fun thing to do i do actually uh I don't know why I'm saying this because this is just going to go horribly wrong at some point. I do want to make some actual 40k sized flyers that you can't get hold of because they don't exist. So I've got some plans for for things um, that are sort of in various bits of background, like um, oh, some of the, like the Rogue Trader game, like the more recent Rogue Trader games, uh, the Dark Heresy games, where you could like play as rogue traders and things like that. They had some ships and some fighters and things like that oh, that were really so cool. cool in there. So I was like, if I could make some versions of that, they'd be around in the Heresy. That would be really fun um, for 40k. Like they probably wouldn't have an equivalent, and it'd be just something to be like, I'm gonna have to make up rules for this, but it would look cool. So I was considering doing some stuff like that, and I I really want to make up my own like one of the old style uh like stormbirds with the like massive turbines on the side oh I was yeah like, I, like that are because like in all the fluff like the current stormbird is like there's three or four versions of stormbirds and this is the smallest one is the current one that you do with forge world and i was like oh making one of the big ones would be really cool so yeah that that's sort of a if I ever get the time to sit down and do a big project, that would be really fun to do. But I'd probably work up towards that just to be like, I don't know if there's even interest in this. And I'd just be printing it because, like, I want to. But uh, you you get to a point where you're like, this is going to be like six bottles of resin. 
Can I justify doing that myself just because I want to? I'm never going to use it for anything. It's just going to sit there and my girlfriend's going to look really pissed that I'm <laughs> taking up the dining room table for three weeks. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of internal battles with that. So possibly, but anything like that, I mean, when I did stuff for Epic, like I tried to make it as detailed enough that people could make it larger. So I've seen some people that have printed some of my Epic or some of my Titanica stuff in 28 millimeter scale. And that's been really cool where you've got people like printing the, uh, the assault pods. Oh um, yes. In 20 millimeter on these like massive printers that they've got access to because they work doing some prop based job. And you're like, that's really cool. I'm really glad I made that with that much detail, even though I can't see it on my prints. Um, so, I mean, in theory, if you make anything in 28 millimeter, it can be scaled down to six. So, yeah, maybe if uh, if if people find that interesting, it could be some could be a way to go. That's so cool. It's funny that you bring that up because that is uh, one of the f- first things I bought from you, and I had no intention of putting it on a Titanicus uh, <laughs> Warlord. It was definitely. It's like okay. We're getting a warlord, and this is going on it. It's like, let me go and just grab this file now, just so I'm ready to go when the time comes. Let me pull this trigger on it. So, nice. Uh, another question: Are there any plans to do special weapon upgrade kits for things like Praetors, like Paragon blades, blinged up melee options, or even power weapon options for regular Marines? So, actually, I do. I do need to make some power weapon options. I've made, again, like, it's basically whatever I'm doing. So, for example, I've already put a load of power spears up because I, I wanted some power spears because uh, I wanted something that looked a little bit white scarsy. And while I was doing it, I was like, let's do something that looks a little bit sort of Asian. And then I was like, let's just throw some other ones in there as well. So I've done some power spears already. And I would like to make some things like power axes, power mauls, and stuff like that. They they are very much on the cards. In fact, I've actually got some because I've done some chain axes already. Uh-huh. And I've got some power axes that I've made like two or three versions of power axes. But I was like, I need to make a few more if I want to put them up. So uh, that's sort of been partially done. Uh, some power mauls would be really cool as well. Um, so yeah, they're they're definitely on the they're on the cards as well. They're they're just on a very long list at the moment. <laughs> so, so what you're telling me, right? It seems like a lot of your, obviously, you know, we talked about all your stuff is kind of driven by you playing games and you like, so what we have to do is we got to find somebody in your area to just kind of like honeypot you and like just play all these games, <laughs> yeah. like all the times wants to play and then just like have them like sometimes, you know, handle it and beat the crap out of you so you go buy something else or build something else oh, or then... just 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 find a book that's got a really cool paragraph in it that makes me go oh yeah okay that sounds really cool like that would be awesome <laughs> Some, someone pointed out the other day that there's a, a bit in one of the one of the gw fluff books uh, or one of the bits on the side of the Horus heresy um army list where it mentions the Punisher, like the Punisher's oh, that was me. that was me yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like Punisher's car in it, that that originally used to be mounted on a on a Typhon, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> oh. It's little bits like that where you find something in the fluff where you're like, "That's just so cool," and it's just this niche little sentence where you're like, "I have to do this." Like that's that's often the bits that made me go, "Yeah, that'd be really cool." Like I would really. This is why I'm sort of trying to get into some of the sculpting side of it because I'd really like to make some just large like 
bust size things where oh, you're just yeah. like this would be like in the fluff you just read this one scene in the book and you're like that would be cool i'd love to make a model of just that bit where you've got this person interacting with this person another way and i was like that would be really 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 fun to do uh, again like i don't know if like it's not really for gaming so suddenly people would probably be like it'd be it, it would appeal to a whole group of people and not appeal to a whole different group of people but i'm going to be honest i don't care if it appeals to me that's probably what i'll do um but yeah i'd need to massively change my skill set for that because i'm so like i'm very driven by hard surface modeling like the first projects i did were um some scenery for epic um which i did like an indiegogo for um that was ages ago just to pay that and that was only done because i needed to pay for the prints from shapeways and it was so goddamn expensive that i was like <laughs> this is this is gonna cost me like n like 300 quid to get these things printed from shapeways and then i'm gonna need to cast them up and I, the only way i can afford to do that is some other people go in with me let's make a campaign and see if some people go in with me and people did and i was like yeah, got my walls made gotcha. no money off it in fact i think i probably still lost about like like overall i reckon i lost probably about 50 quid but i was like this set of walls has cost me 50 quid i'm fine with that it's all good like i've got my walls that's all i care about um so yeah so changing from hard surface to sculpting is quite a daunting task but i've like again people in the community are so like yeah come and talk to me about this because i do sculpting in this way and we can have a talk uh and it's it whenever any hobby community generally if you like give things to it like people will give things back without you really asking to like the amount of people that have um just sort of shared things with me or said like oh can you like can you have a look at this and i've been like yeah sure and they've been like oh you, like if you want this file feel free or if you want to do this or um there's this guy uh who makes a lot of six millimeter models uh called uh wakes emporium and he does some really cool stuff um but he does everything in a way that i would do at hard surface he does it by sculpting and it's quite interesting so i'm gonna i'm like he's been like just hit me up and we'll have a talk about it and i'm like thank you that's really really nice like you've you've got a lot of stuff on your plate you're making things all the time like this is your job like for me it's just a hobby and you're still willing to give out some time to like show me what you do and the way you do it differently it's it's really good it's it's one of those communities where you're like when you find the right set of it without people being really salty about things or being like i don't like the way you do this or like gatekeeping or whatever you might want to call it like when you find that good bit of the community you're like yeah this is this is why this is my hobby this is why when i was like 13 14 15 i met a load of people that i'm still friends with today and we still hang out and like one of them being my best man and i was his best man like like we've got this in common and we all just want to chat shit and just have a good laugh with each other like and help each other out like there's a reason people are still in it like i'm nearly 40 and i'm playing a game that i started when i was eight yes that doesn't happen a lot if you don't have a really good community behind you i think we were like really lucky in a way like i think one of the worst things that ever happened for the hobby in my opinion was when gw stopped doing those like come down on thursday and just play with all your mates like that was like such a a death of the hobby to me i was like oh my god like i i like at that point i'd just finished uni like we weren't I can afford to have people around. I couldn't afford to buy a load of scenery. I could just about afford to buy an army. And even then it was a little bit touch and go and things were a little bit sketchy. And there was a bit of model repping that probably shouldn't be model repped. But like, 
like if I didn't have a GW store to play in, like where was I playing? Um, and then you sort of got all these like independent people starting up and like now I'm old enough that I can play in other people. Like we just play at each other's houses, which is great to be able to do that. But like, like how do you meet all those new people? Like you used to have all the forums, forums are dead now, but now mm. Facebook's sort of doing it and Instagram's doing it and Discord's doing it. And like, I don't know, this might be like the best point of the hobby because you're suddenly getting to know people across like, like, you're in the US, I'm in the UK. Like, I wouldn't have been able to talk to you like 10, 15 years ago and talk about all this awesome stuff. Like, YouTube, you've got all these people just throwing up tutorials on how to 3D sculpt or how to paint and all of this stuff's free. Or like Patreon, where you like put in like five, ten dollars and they're throwing out a load of models each month that you can 3D print. It's like, this could be really, really good. For, like, I hope it's really good for the hobby. I feel it's really good for the hobby. I know some people think it isn't, but I don't know. But uh, hopefully this is like, this is where you get to meet all those different people. Yeah, no, totally. It's it's one of those things where I think this is kind of like the golden age of the hobby, you know, especially when you look start looking at some of the things where, you know, this is, it, I mean, obviously comparing this to when I was a kid, you know, I, I've been playing... Uh, 40k since i was probably like 12 13 years old and that level of hobby was you know save every penny like don't eat lunch and like take some of that lunch money and save it up and all right cool we're gonna go get you know a box of tactical marines we're gonna go get a box of space wolves or whatever and you know you just kind of waited for that weekend to to go play or you know every once in a while you would go on this uh like yearly trek to a uh, to an event or a campaign that was in a, yeah. like a game store and you'd say okay let's do this shit battle or let's do this you know uh but the the like this is absolutely kind of the golden age we're in and and a lot of it you know has to do with uh definitely you know the the discords the youtube everything like that everybody can interact and engage with everybody with their level of hobby to, you know, get better. Like I've never seen this level of painting and like this level of good painting, yeah. like from everybody. Right. And then you I have, like, you, you just look at events and you're like, that just looks amazing. Like yeah. that's ridiculous. And like, in so, like some things maybe so, like you just don't have, I mean, I don't know if you, I, mean, I think they're doing it again. Like one of the first white dwarfs I ever bought had like tale of four gamers, like the first one. And Tale of Four Gamers was like these four, like obviously they were like people working for GW and they're like, we're going to make an army and this is our budget. We have this much a month to spend and we've got to make stuff. And like, you've got to make an army by the end of it. And I was just like, this is what I'm doing. And it's awesome. And like, they were just talking about how they're painting stuff. And like, you had some guys that were really good at painting. And this one guy that was awful at painting. I can't remember what his name was. And it, was, it always made me laugh because he was like, he suddenly realized like in the second edition like second month of doing it he was like i picked goblins and it was a mistake like <laughs> this guy's having to paint like 20 guys a month and i'm having to paint maybe uh like 80 to 100 and like there's just this constant line of um what was it something along the lines of yeah i'm really happy with this army they look great like as long as i'm not wearing my glasses and i'm about three foot away <laughs> and you're like but you know what? That's fine. Like if that's that's what you're producing, that's great. But like you nowadays with like just the sharing of stuff online, people have been like, I, I can actually paint this to this level and I couldn't before. Um, like I've got a friend that's really close to me and he like he hated painting. Like 
it was the thing that he absolutely hated about the hobby. His name's James, and hopefully you won't mind me mentioning this to him. And it, like, he hated painting. It was just the worst thing to him. And I was like, just try this channel. Like, have a look at this channel. Have a, like, go on YouTube, try this channel out, and try it a little bit. And I, like, was just, like, poking him to do it. And he was like, mm, yeah, fine. And now he's like, I love painting. Like, it's the best thing I do. Like, it's my thing that I can do to relax and have some fun because like before everything was trial and error like you had to like or you'd sit in gw and like talk a load of crap while other people are painting but like and hopefully learn something oh yeah whereas now you can go online and have this like very specific like this is how you do this technique and like you get so many youtube channels by all the people like that are winning golden demons and like they they really know what they're talking about and they're putting it out again they're putting it out there generally for free yeah okay they have patreon so they can support themselves because they need to make some money and they're probably spending hours like hours and hours putting these youtubes together like videos together like I, it takes an absolute inordinate amount of time to edit stuff um and they're putting it out there for free and you're just like wow yeah this is this is great like i can go and just follow a person for like two months learn some really good stuff and then i'll swap over to someone else and you're like it, it's yeah, i mean it's better spent Better money spent than paying for Netflix, as far as I'm concerned. Like I'm actually learning something from it. Yeah, as as you know, as you know, you just like it's like man, just hours and hours of editing. It's like yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who are you describing here? Like is that oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I nearly like screwed, like got into a ball and started rocking backwards and forth there. Like the editing, man, the editing. Oh god, <laughs> it's so painful, and I just do it every day. <laughs> oh. But no, we definitely, and there, that's one of the things that uh, some of the people did actually tell me uh, in, in this group. It's that they really enjoy the classes you're putting out on 3D modeling. And I think the community does owe you a thanks for that, man. Like really, if nobody's told you thank you for, for the, some of the stuff you put out, thank you for, for sure, man. Like it, it is that's, very useful. It's really appreciated. And like, like I said, I mean, I couldn't believe how warm everyone was when I started putting stuff out. Like, I, I went back and watched one of my first... I think I linked to it in another video, and I was like, I better go back and re-watch this to check that I'm not, like, how bad this is. And I was watching it, and I was like, this was so bad. <laughs> and people were so kind about it. It was like, the editing was awful, and there's, like, me stuttering through what I'm doing with, like, big gaps between every single thing that I'm saying and doing, like, every mistake you can make for editing under the sun where you're just like, oh, God, and I'm like... I was, like, Darth Vader speaking up to the mic. Like, oh, yes. and, then I'm and I was just like, oh, my life. And I was just watching it be like, should I delete this video? It's just so bad. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm keeping it. I've got to keep it. But, like, even with all that, people were, like, saying thanks and being, like, sharing my videos and stuff like that it was honestly people were so nice about it like if anyone's in ever doubt if that if anyone's ever in any doubt if they want to share something online like just do it honestly you'll always just do it you'll always get one or two people like mm, yeah but you could have done it this way and you're like yeah you're right i could have done like like <laughs> painting blender whatever there's always gonna be like five ways to do it like and they're not wrong like that's the other thing if like when someone comes up with you and like well, you could have done it this way you're like yeah, definitely. Yeah, you could have done. And then suddenly they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could have done it that way. It's like, that's fine. People do things in different ways. Like, if you're going to be positive about everyone else's hobby, they'll be positive about your hobby generally, I find. And, like, it's so easy to be positive about the hobby. Like, 
you almost have to go out of your way to be a twat like <laughs> don't go out of your way to be a twat like just just share your stuff and like if someone asks you like well how did you do that or like like that's how i started doing it someone was like how did you make that and i was like well i can just do a quick video on that i'll just throw that together and and whatever like if someone asks you like how did you do that paint thing just share your paint recipe like it takes you no time and it's there and you know what at some point you'll probably be really thankful because you know what like you share your paint recipe and then you you forget it five years later you can go back and be like oh yeah that's how i did it like it's as much for you as it is for everyone else and like half of my youtube videos now like i i i would probably say like maybe like five percent of my views and me going back and watching a video game being like i haven't done this in like six months how the hell did i do that thing again <laughs> that i used to find really easily like I, I used to be able to do that without even thinking about it like what what was i doing or what was that shortcut like why well, can't i remember this shortcut oh i haven't done it for like nearly a year but okay i'm gonna go back to that video and watch it like it's as much like a diary if as it is anything else so it's really helpful dude i know that i do i that I, that happened to me the other day i was uh painting red and i have this like this pre-mixed bottle of red that i've just been like slowly dwindling like i don't remember what i did to mix this up and i had to go back to one of my like uh one of my miniature restoration videos and i was like ah i was like here this is how i made it it's like i've got it it's it's, safe it's safe okay i don't i don't have to mix it up now but at some point i'm gonna have to refer back to this video it's this many it's it's this to one to one you know I've got this stupid little book, like a little black book. This is like the geek black book where like the the cool people have like the girls' phone numbers in it. That's my like little thing of paint recipes. And it's like, (laughs) it probably needs to be in a safe at this point. It goes back quite a long way. And I'm like, if I ever lose that thing, man, I I need to start digitizing this. Was it written in crown originally and now it's like in pen? (laughs) (laughs) It's like a really bad pencil. It's got like paint pots that don't exist anymore. (laughs) And you're like yeah excellent well man we we are rounding out about an hour i would like to give you this time to kind of shout out to the community you know what your store is you know what you offer everything all the services you offer i'd like to give you this time to just you know self-promote cheers man um right uh where to start i mean there's two two sides to what i do i make 3d files for printing generally for things like titanicus 40k or anything else that i just feel like normally add-ons for things i've got a cults page uh i've got a patreon as well which has all the files on there and some extra ones that i don't actually put up on cults because i don't know if anyone wants them but i'll just chuck them up anyway so that's one side of it but the main one that as i said it's probably the one that's more important to me is i make videos on how i do the 3d design and they're on youtube they're also on patreon i will say for me the thing of them being free is the most important there will never be anything on patreon for the 3d design videos that is not on youtube for free as well as far as i'm concerned so the patreon thing is totally an optional thing if you've got a couple of dollars to spare and it helps support the channel it's really appreciated and you'll get the things of week early and it will be ad free but honestly everything that i do uh video wise will be on youtube because i think education should be free and i want everyone to be able to share what i do and be able to do it themselves so the patrons there but if not just go and check me out on youtube artisans of all and everything i've got is there throw down a request or if anyone ever wants to ask me some questions i'm always happy to answer 
Love it, man. Love it. And I, I appreciate you coming on and saying, <laughs> and saying artisans of all. Cause it's so, I forgot I was talking to you. Like, until it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. It's so, Oh, love it, man. Love it. Now, thank you once again. No, thank you for having me on, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. And as I said, the community is great. Any chance to get to know someone and be like, you're, you're, you're on the other side of the world, but if you're ever in London, we are getting a beer. Absolutely. Sign me up. It'll, it'll be a small group from what I understand, but we'll, we'll definitely get one, man. Awesome. Cheers.